Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was not a pullover for the police type of dude in a stolen car. It just didn't, the math didn't math for me. So I would make myself as much of a danger to the community as humanly possible. And I would hit one ways going the wrong way. I would blaze through uh red lights you know most of the time when i'm doing high speed chases i don't even care about the stolen car it's like i need to get off all of this dope my guest today is jd delay you've definitely seen this guy on youtube or tiktok before jd is an oregon boy just like me he went in and out of prison for years he was a shock caller at the oregon state penitentiary this guy is real deal ex-con so entertaining and he's here today to tell us about his experience and everything about prison politics the real inside baseball stuff that you can only get from a guy like this go check him out on youtube on socials check his podcast out for bonus content stuff that we really can't tell you on youtube go over to patreon.com slash the connect show and drop us a like turn on notifications so you get notified whenever we drop new content Without further ado, I give you J.D. DeLay right here in The Connect with Johnny Mitchell. Most of the gangs in the, in the Oregon system, there's either a six-month or a one-year prospect period. And at, at the end of that, you have to put in work. I didn't wait till the end. You know, I went in with the intention to do some harm while I was there. And I went out to yard, and we were all we, we all huddled. And like I'm like, look at your shoes when I talk to you. Don't look at me. You don't got no business looking at me. Look at the ground. That's when I see the lights behind me start to flash. And I didn't even think. I just hit it. I was driving like my life depended on it. Then I parked the car, hopped out, closed the door, and I started running. And he pulls out a burner, a shank, like six inches. And then he passes it to me. And he goes, here, that's yours. Don't ever leave the cell block without this. He was the reason I made it out of that place alive. JD, what's up, dog? What's up, Johnny? It's good to be out here with you, man. Thank you. How are you finding L.A.? I, you know, I grew up in California. I grew up in Santa Rosa. Mm. Um, so, like, there's always California native in my blood, and and I love it out here. And the hotel that you put me in, you, you guys, Johnny doesn't play. Just so you know, this man's the real deal. Thank you. 15th floor, King Corner Suite. Oh, yeah. Right by the Staples Center? Uh, yeah. You're downtown. You yep. walk everywhere. Absolutely. And now you're in South Central. Uh, but your basically whole narrative is Oregon. You're an Oregon boy like me. I consider you an Oregon boy. I did time with literally everybody that looked like you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you want to know like what my cellmate and everybody on the yard and at the, who I sat to eat with, just look at my guest, JD. Well, you know, I, I did, uh, I did prison time in seven different prisons in the state of Oregon. I think it was seven or eight. Is count them. Let's count them. Okay, so start off at Coffee Creek, sure. which, as we know, is the intake where uh, they take all the men, but it's also the women's prison. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could be out on your little tiny yard and look over through two fences, and there's a bunch of chicks over there flashing you through the fences. <laughs> that was a fun ride. Yep. Um, and then they sent me, like, I was in there. I was in county jail and in intake with my co-defendant because we were we, we rode out for each other. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We were solid for each other. Nobody told. No, absolutely not. It was our like third case together. Wow. Um, and, and you were at Multnomah? 
In Portland? We, we, where this did you case fall? was out of Eugene, Oregon. Okay. Lane County. Home of Nike, home of the ducks. You Shout know out. what I'm saying? Go ducks. You son of a bitch. That's right. Um, and, uh, so we went from Lane County jail together on the same transport bus to coffee Creek. And then I thought we were both going to go to the same place. Cause you know, I'm saying like, we both got 39 months, same case, same sentence. What's the charge? Uh, it was three UUMVs. Unauthorized use of a motor vehicle associated with high-speed chases for each one of them. I was not a pullover for the police type of dude in a stolen car. It just didn't, the math didn't math for me. I was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was, I got away out of nine out of 11 of these things when I was driving personally. So I figured it was, you know, it was a fair shot. They don't have the ghetto birds like they have here in South Central. Right. And especially not in Eugene. Yeah. So And you got a ton of land out there too to oh. take them on you know, a yeah. high speed. As long as you don't end up on the freeway, you're, you're likely to get away if you're not an idiot. What was your method of getting away? Uh, so I would make myself as much of a danger to the community as humanly possible. And please understand that when I say this, I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm not proud of this. It's disgusting, but you know, I would hit one ways going the wrong way. I would blaze through, uh, red lights. Mm. Um, there's that taco time over on Coburg road. Uh, you know, over by Sheldon where I went to high school, I did, I think like 72, they clocked me going through the, the drive through there. Uh, and that's when they pulled back their stop on one of my, one of my bus, they actually pulled back and, uh, I was able to ditch the car. And, you know, most of the time when I'm doing high speed chases, I don't even care about the stolen car. It's like, I need to get off all of this dope. I need to get rid of this gun, yeah. you know? So, uh, so your, your goal was to, are you dumping it as you're driving? Sometimes you dump it as you drive. Um, sometimes I would want it to be somewhere where I could go back and get it. Mm. Um, so like this, this last one uh, that I got busted in, um, I got into somebody's backyard and I found a, a garden shed back there and they had, you know, pots for potted plants. And I put all my stuff in there and they dumped gardening soil on top of it and went to sit down for a minute. And I literally fell asleep in the garden shed because I've been <laughs> up for so long. Right. And then the adrenaline rush yeah. and everything. And, uh, I came out after a little bit and there were still cops looking for me and, and they busted my ass. Right. Okay. So. so your, your goal, I remember I heard it from a homeboy in prison. He goes, he goes, we hit four corners when we'd be in a stolen car, it'd be like four of them, right? They hit every corner they hit in a high speed, somebody jumps out. Then the next corner, other cat jumps out and they're PPP, pills, perp, and pistols. They're dumping everything, right? It's, yeah. it's like a system. And then the last guy who's driving, he takes it, he takes it, floors it, hits the final turn and jumps out. And then the car, you know, gets wrecked. Yeah. But was your goal to to get out of sight. If you're at a high speed, get, get out of their sight and then pull over and jump out and run. Yeah. You want to get out of sight. Um, and, and they, so when you make yourself enough of a liability to the community around you, they have, um, they, they can actually get in trouble. They have liability themselves. If yeah. they continue the chase, they have to pull back. Right. Um, Cause you're a danger you're, to children or whoever else is, could be walking across the street. Exactly. So uh, you get a little ways away from them to where they can't see you. And then you want to distance yourself from that car. Yeah. I, people don't believe me the day I got arrested. I was I, coming out of my, uh, a place where I would pick up packages of money getting sent from wherever the East coast and the undercovers got behind me and they, started to light me up and I took like went 90 through a residential zone 
and they completely backed off. And I had no idea why they did that. And later on, my lawyer was like, that's a mandate. Like they can get, is exactly what it is. If, if you're endangering the community, they simply just give up. Well, yeah, they have to, cause they can be held legally culpable. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, there's, there's all of that. And, you know, I started out not wanting to take stolen cars any further than I needed to. I started out stealing cars in Portland, Oregon, uh, which you know, well, as well. Sure. Um, and I had some Russian dudes out there that they would give us like five, 600 bucks for every car that we would bring them. And I could steal a dozen in a night and they were putting them straight on ships and sending them back home. Yes. So we were, we could make really good money in a night, just moving cars, you know, a mile, mile and a mm-hmm. half. Yeah. So do you remember where was it? North Portland where you were taking them? Yeah. Because, and, and you got the ships and everything. The port is yeah. right there. Yeah. 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 So, uh, it, it, it was really easy to make really good money for at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's what not were you doing anything, that for to support your habit? Just, yeah. To support At first, it started out just to support my habit. And then it, it became like, I, I was living a pretty decent lifestyle because yeah. if, you know, if you're bringing in five, six grand a night, mm. uh, for, you know, somebody who's a, a tweaker, that's pretty good. You're not stealing catalytic converters and, you know, getting a hundred dollars for each of right, them. Right. Right. Um, so we, we did that for a while and then I just got stupid, comfortable driving around in stolen cars. Uh, yeah. because you know, if the cops get behind me, what, what are we going to do? I'm, I'm going to do this dance with them. Uh, I'm probably going to win and you know, I'm probably going to get away. I got away so many times. Um, and then I got shipped to prison, which I needed, it needed to happen. Yeah, sure. Johnny, I sure. was a danger to the people around me. I was a danger to my community. Like out of all the crimes that I've committed, I feel the worst about stealing cars because there's no way to tell the trail of damage that that left in people's lives. You walk out of your house in the morning to go to work to be able to feed your kid and your mm-hmm. car's gone, you might yeah. lose your job. You might not be able to take your kid. It's a huge burden. To- Even if insurance covers it, there's still costs to you. You're still, yeah, losing time at work. Yeah. You're, you have to take cabs or Ubers everywhere. Like my catalytic converter was stolen, as I told you yeah. uh, last week in LA. That's common. That happens. It's like a scourge. It's it's AIDS now. It's the new AIDS. The <laughs> it's catalytic, the new AIDS. Yeah, you can <laughs> clip that. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, but yeah, it's like I, and I let my insurance lapse. So it cost me like three G's and I had the money, but like a person, a poor working person, they're fucked. Yeah. They completely alter their lifestyle just by stealing, uh, you know, a hundred dollar piece of, uh, metal from the car. It's like, yeah, you know, I totally agree with you. Like these nonviolent crimes are still very, very much have victims. 
You yeah. know? And, and, you know, I moved away from doing that when I got out of prison as much as I could. So we were talking about prison. I, I you know, me and my, my co-defendant were at coffee Creek together and they called us out on the same day for transport. Like, hooray, we're going to the same prison. What's up, bro? Yeah. And, uh, they call two different lines. They put me in one line and him in the other. And he had been to prison twice before me. He was the one who, you know, basically told me exactly what to expect. He told me all the do's and don'ts. You know what I'm saying? The three G's, no gambling, no gangs, no gays, mm. you know? Uh, and he, he showed me the ropes a little bit before I even got there. And I'm like, oh damn, it's his third strike. They, maybe they're sending him to, you know, somewhere bad like snake mm. river. Um, and then they told each line where we were going and he was going to San EM, which is a minimum. Mm -hmm. It's a nice little cushy yep. minimum camp. Yep. And I was going to snake river and I was like, oh, I need some bullshit. Worst worst. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm going to gladiator school mm -hmm. at minimum custody right. uh, with 39 months. Um, so I went from coffee Creek snake river. I uh, was at snake river for just a few months, ended up in the hole, uh, ended up, you know, they had already documented me STG as Irish pride before I even got through intake. Right. They were like, they saw my, I had a clover tattoo right here. I have a lot of them now, but they were like, you're either Irish pride or you're AB. And I was like, uh, 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 -uh. you know what I'm saying? Like I, tr I even was like, bro, I'm white, white, white people aren't in gangs. What do you mean? <laughs> I tried to play the choir boy with yeah. them and they weren't, they weren't buying it. So they labeled me as Irish pride. And as soon as I got to, snake river they started selling me up with irish pride dudes mm -hmm. and i was like i met one of them that was an amazing dude and he really changed my whole perspective on a lot of stuff so i i jumped into the car with him yeah um and then they sent me to warner creek and uh then they sent me to uh osp from warner creek i was only at warner creek for a couple months how did you go from warner creek to osp warner creek is a minimum I don't even think they have a fence around it. Warner Creek does have a fence, but it's a real they, low they, security. It's real low security. It's out in the middle of nowhere in Klamath Falls. Yeah. Um, but they, they sent me because they couldn't prove that I got the Lane County bike path rapist, but um, I got the Lane County bike path rapist. Like my mama was afraid to do her daily walks when this dude was out there jumping out of bushes grabbing chicks and pulling them into the bushes. Yeah. Um, that my mom stopped doing her walks. I took that real personally. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So then you found him in prison. Yeah. And yeah. smashed him out. Or yeah, I smashed him out. I smashed him in the head with a rock. Um, <laughs> At Warner Creek. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody told on me. Um, and then they, I'm the reason that they put cameras into Warner Creek, um, out there. Um, wow. So, and he was real, like he was in the honor dorm and he barely came off that honor dorm. So I stalked him, bro. I stalked yeah. him like a deer hunter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like waiting for him and uh, I clipped him. I clipped him mm -hmm. a good one, but you know, Warner Creek had a great weight pile. It was really cool. Um, but they, they told me that I was not the type of inmate they wanted there. And uh, they, I can, I can agree with them. One, oh, I, see I, that. <laughs> I wasn't insulted. They shipped me to OSP and, you know, OSP o maximum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. OSP is, you know, the oldest penitentiary in the state. It's the only maximum in the state of mm -hmm. Oregon. Um, built in like the 1800s looks like Shawshank Redemption. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, it's where they keep death row. It's where they used to do their executions until mm -hmm. Oregon went super pussy and soft. And now we don't kill people anymore. Apparently <laughs> what, um, you know, you can kill all sorts of people on the streets and stick your junk places that it doesn't belong, but Oh, we're going to be nice to you when you get to prison. I love how every hardened criminal that comes out of prison is completely like right wing. They're like, I'm for the death penalty. I'm for getting tough on crime because you go to prison 
and you're like, oh, I get why we need prisons. It's like the old Richard Pryor joke. So I'm I'm definitely not right wing, but when it comes to crime, like, bro, like you just you have to speak to people in a language that they understand. And somebody who who their junk gets hard for a little kid isn't gonna understand being coddled. Somebody who is a serial killer isn't going to understand, you know, Oh, right. we're going to, we're going to talk to you real slow and real nice. And we're going to ask you about your child. Fuck that. <laughs> kill him, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, they do in certain States. I mean, do you still killing so, them? They just killed somebody in Alabama with like a, uh, they just rolled out like gas. They it's like a new gas. gas yeah. Him. New nitrogen gas. So yeah. here's the, here's the thing about that dude, man, is that that dude, uh, killed a woman. He beat her and stabbed her to death. Uh, it was a paid hit. Uh, the woman's husband was a preacher and he wanted to collect insurance money for her death. So he paid that dude and that dude literally beat and stabbed this woman to death. Uh, he got the death penalty back in, I believe like it was 89 and he's been alive since then. Bitch, you had a good run. Uh, 14 months ago, they tried twice to give him the needle mm. and they couldn't find a vein on this roly poly ass motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm he saying? He was eating good in prison. Yeah, bro. <laughs> hey, so, and, and so he requested, he was like, I don't want to do this. You poking me with a bunch of needles again, right. please give me the gas chamber, please. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, bet, bet that mm -hmm. up. Um, you know, and remember, remember the guy started to cut you off. Remember the guy, Dave, what was his name? He's, he was the guy that was up for execution in Oregon, he had stabbed a guy back in like 2002 at OSP, I think like 85 times. The guy had ripped him off for a balloon of dope and had swallowed it. So, And that was meant for this guy, Dave. He was a lifer. So him and his crony went and stabbed him and like gutted him trying to like open him up to get the balloon of dope. Anyways, you, he went, he went on death row for that. Yeah. They were this close to killing him and the new governor gave him a stay they were like he was like no no more executions but that guy dave wanted to die he told he the wanted judge, to die so bad he told the judge uh you're a fool if you don't kill me today because anybody that i can get my hands on here on out is gonna be dead uh and that dude so i've heard multiple different stories about that situation i heard that because the dude was a south sider and it mm. almost caused a war um on the yard uh, when that happened, a white boy killing a Southsider, uh, it was, it was fucking sleepy, bro. They killed sleepy. Mm -hmm. Um, and sleepy had just come back from a visit and sleepy usually brought shit in, bro. Mm -hmm. Sleepy was bringing shit in, you know, small one balloons. His girl would, you know, do the normal rundown, go in there. She'd have the balloons in her, in her cooch. Mm -hmm. Um, and she would get a bag of Skittles and then go to the bathroom and stuff the the balloons in the mm -hmm. bag of Skittles. And he would eat the coochie balloons full, right. of, full of heroin. Yep. And, um, uh, from what I heard is that they got him walking across the control room floor and asked him if he wanted to come up to the music room um, to hear their new shit They because they had a metal band. Right. Um, and they took him up there and uh, they stabbed him and cut his guts open looking oh. for balloons. But he didn't sleep. He didn't have a visit with his girl that day. Sleepy had a visit with his mom and his mom didn't bring stuff in. No. So the dope didn't exist. Oh. But that dude. Do you remember hearing about the Dairy Mart murders in no. Eugene? So that dude uh, was one of the main people in the Dairy Mart murders. These four dudes, long hair, Metallica, Slayer listening, mm -hmm. you know, metalhead kids. Yeah. Went into a Dairy Mart real high on LSD late at night where there was two female workers and one of them was pregnant. And they 
beat these women to death. Mm -hmm. Literally, uh, one of them took a lead pipe and stuffed it down this woman's throat till it blew the back of her neck out. Um, And she was pregnant. And it was a really big deal. And they stole all the money and stole all the lottery tickets. The way they got caught was turning in winning lottery tickets from the the tickets that they had stolen because all of those are inventoried very clearly right. and numbered. And they were doing it to buy Slayer tickets. Yeah. No, those guys got to be put away forever. Yeah. Well, right. I knew I knew that dude um, on the streets. Uh, he he was friends with one of uh, my good friend's brother and they like ritualistically killed my friend's cat. And mm-hmm. I remember talking to her. She was just crying her eyes out because they had like done some ritual satanic. Some white killing. boy shit. Yeah, so, like, some white boy let's shit. Let's face it. It's not really anybody else out there just killing cats <laughs> yeah. for Slayer, That's you know? Right. You don't see a lot of black guys cripping killing cats for slayer ticket money no no that's definitely that's definitely some pale skin (laughs) shit some oregon shit bro (laughs) oh god it could be some florida shit though too man let me tell you i've lived in florida for a while uh they are definitely out there doing wild stuff but i did just see there was a black youtuber a female black youtuber who just was arrested like last week for killing uh pigeons uh chicken uh rabbits and i think a cat and dissecting frogs on lives on YouTube for views and likes. And she got four charges of animal cruelty. Um, Well, I think that's called voodoo. It comes from Haiti. We understand that. Uh, Killing a live chicken. So do you think (laughs) that this is like, we could be discriminating against her religious beliefs? Well, I think, I think it just goes to show like if you give enough people opportunity, they too can do anything white people can do. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's black school shooters now probably, right? It's yeah. like everybody's caught up. There's black goths now, you know, there's black nerds. That was Kanye West. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Bro, what happened to that dude, bro? Do you think he was cloned? I don't know. I don't know about the cloning, but I think, I think he's got a really obviously active kind of schizophrenic mind. Uh, I think he was trying to describe kind of what we're all feeling now, which is like, are we living in a simulation? What is happening to our country? Uh, you know, are we all being fed lies? Is this all type of some grand conspiracy? And, you know, he threw the word Jew in it a few too many times. I actually don't think his ideas were too like racist or whatever they were trying to call it. I just think he doesn't articulate himself well. Most artists don't. I think the the like idolizing of Hitler, like where he directly said, yeah, he directly said the three greatest minds of all time, Jesus Christ, Hitler, Kanye. And I think people were like, buddy, I mean, there, I know it's hard to swallow pills, but there's meds and you need to be on them. It might be helpful. Hey guys, I got to take a minute to thank our favorite longtime sponsor on the show, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. It's demon time now on prize picks, you guys. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into 1000 You can't do that with drug money even. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. Let me tell you again. You can now win up to 100 times your money 
with as little as four correct picks. You guys know how I feel about prize picks. Now that football season is over, I am all in on hoops for the rest of the winter and spring. I am firing on action and I'm making real money. I'm using my own promo code and it's become like a passive income. Not only is it a great way to make money, it keeps me more engaged. I haven't followed basketball this closely since I was in grade school in the 90s. This is the best way to do it. And I'm not an expert. I don't have to be. I'm not playing against sharks and basketball gurus. I just have to beat the prize picks projections. It is the easiest and best way to make money in DFS. Go to prizepicks.com slash connect and use code connect for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Okay. You can't beat that. You guys you are in the game for a hundred bucks and they're going to match that you're starting off with 200 and you just saw what kind of bubble you could get off of 200 bucks. You could win thousands. Go to prizepicks.com slash connect and use that promo code connect to get a hundred dollars matched today and watch those winnings roll in. Thank you. Prize picks. Let's get back into the episode. Um, okay. So getting back to you, you started out in Santa Rosa. When did you start? You ended up in Eugene. You basically grew up in Eugene. So we moved to uh, Eugene from Santa Rosa when I was 13 years old. Yeah. My dad, the hardest working dude I've ever met in my life. Uh, he did two tours in Vietnam, combat uh, vet Marine. Um, he came back, uh, with extreme PTSD. Wow. And we lived in Santa Rosa in a neighborhood where there was like a lot of stuff going on. There were two different rival Mexican gangs fighting right. over where territory was going to be laid at that time. Wow. Norteños, um, right? Yeah. Norteños yeah. and Serenos were, were like trying to figure some stuff out uh, over whose territory was what. So, you know, there was drive-bys and shit all mm -hmm. the time um, in our neighborhood. And it just was what it was. But my dad worked so hard, bro. Like he left before the sun came up mm -hmm. and he didn't get home until the sun was down for years to save up money to move us to Oregon and start his own business. Um, and I didn't want to go to Oregon. I, I 100% told my parents, you're trying to move me to a sheep fucker state. I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, and they were like, uh, well, you know, we're, we're doing this. So mm -hmm. they moved me out there and I was like, Oh, hold on. There's this place is kind of cool. Hippie mm -hmm. capital of the universe. Yeah. We have a park name after Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the weed is way dope out mm -hmm. here. And uh, so there was like a huge culture in Eugene and I got into that and uh, you know, instantly I was selling weed down yeah. on 13th street to, you know, hippies and stuff right. uh, from the uh, college kids. Mm. Uh, the college kid lick was great. You know, bro. you know, that's where I got my start. Yeah. I, I 100% know. <laughs> that's right. 13th street. I used to March. I would go to class sometimes with pounds in my backpack and be walking. Cause I had a lick to hit on my way home. Mm -hmm. So 13th street, Hilliard, Patterson, high street, I mean, those were my stomping grounds. Like I, I would be coming from like committing robberies and walking through those streets with a backpack on, dump the backpack at like a stash house, change clothes and go to like a college party. Yeah. It's like a complete mind. It's a complete duality, you know? Absolutely. And you know, there's always like, there's always a fresh uh, batch of college kids mm -hmm. that are going to think that an eighth looks like this across yeah. the bag. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was... Back then, and, you know, now it's completely different because yeah. there's shops on every corner. Um, but, you know, back then we were we were getting it, bro. We so were you were killing it? We were making decent money, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I wasn't on like a, you know, rolling, you know, selling 
pounds and pounds and pounds at a time, but street level drug dealing. Yeah. Um, you know, that's where I got my start and, uh, I did that and, you know, psychedelics were my thing. Mm -hmm. I, I hated white drugs, bro. I didn't want anybody who was doing anything white anywhere near me. I stuck to what hippie drugs. You do you know? remember meth when you first moved to Oregon? Like, do you remember that being a thing even back then? Yeah. And I wouldn't let, like, I literally would kick people out of my house. People would, we'd be having a party yeah, and people would whip out meth and I would be like, you're gone. Get out. Mm -hmm. You brought that shit into my house. Get out. Yeah. I was very discriminatory against people that were doing harder drugs. Um, until, you know, one night I'm, uh, I'm working at a bar during the day and I'm going to school or working at a bar at night and I'm going to school during the day. And one night somebody, uh, hit me up and they're like, Hey, you know, if you look exhausted. I'm like, I'm dead, bro. Like I'm dead. I'm on my feet, but I'm dead. I'm like, well, I got this stuff. And I'm like, I'm not doing any of that shit. And they're like, well, weren't you raised on like Ritalin and Adderall? Didn't you take that? Cause I knew this girl from like middle school and I was like, yeah. And she's like, it's the same shit, bro. And I was like, Oh, well that, I mean, like chemically it is only one molecule away. And mm -hmm. I decided to try it. And as soon as I took that first hit, I was like, Oh, this is my whole personality now. <laughs> like just 100% just turned into yeah. a stone cold piece of shit, like right off rip. You, you, um, you sniffed it. To start? So I, I did a, a, a line of it first because she was smoking it. And I was like, that looks funny. And I don't know that I want to do that. Mm. Like it, it looks gross. Um, she was smoking it off foil and I was like, it's kind of, that looks like poor people shit. Right. Um, and then I, I did the line and it hurt like fucking hell, bro. Mm. Like doing lines of meth. Have you ever done a line of meth? No. I, I love you for that. Yeah. That's amazing. Good Wasn't for my you. thing. Yeah. I, I dabbled in a little bit in cocaine. Yeah. So tell us the difference between sniffing a line of Coke and meth. So snorting a line of cocaine is like if you powdered titty, um, you know, just nice, big, mm -hmm. fluffy titty. Mm -hmm. That's what cocaine's like in your nose. Yeah. And meth is like getting... uh like nose raped by a, a barbed wire fence right? <laughs> all the way up into your head. Yeah. It's burning. Um, right. you know, because it's, it's glass, it's shards of well, even, crystal. Even back when it was just the biker dope, you know what I'm saying? Right. The, the, the probe dope. Um, very, very acidic dude. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lie in that shit, right. bro. There's Ugh. muratic acid used in those right. processes of cooking that shit. Now, what year was that that you first started smoking? Mm, asking me about years is so hard up, bro. The early two thousands. Yeah, definitely like early two thousands. So this was before the cartels before, uh, uh, the cartels uh, took a monopoly on, on it. Right. It was right right before the cartels took the monopoly and started moving glass all right. the way up the I five corridor. Okay. Cause so um, what was the difference? Like people think that meth is kind of a new phenomena, but speed, which speed is has been around forever is different. Speed's been around forever since the, the seventies, right? At least well, on the illegal market, we'll say the illegal market, yeah. the sixties and seventies and on up. What's the difference between speed and meth? Like, so there's a lot of people who want to argue whether the Japanese or uh, whether, you know, the Nazis, well, the Nazis were taking developed right. meth first. I don't really think it matters. The Nazis came up with a pretty good recipe that uh, has been used classically throughout the United States for a couple decades. Mm -hmm. There was a whole documentary on this guy who literally found the Nazis recipe and started cooking it in a trailer blew his trailer up and everything. But, um, you know, it was mainly bikers. It was mainly bikers. And, um, you know, it was predominantly a white person drug. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, 
people of color seemed to like crack better and white people had an affinity for meth. But what was the difference though, between speed and meth? Is there a difference? So speed is going to be powdery. Yeah. Um, and it's harder to smoke. They, they made crystal, uh, as, as a, a form that would be easier to smoke. Right. Um, is it cheaper too than speed traditional speed? Like it just depends on what recipes you're using. Um, if you're doing probe, it, you can make so much with just a small amount of, uh, of probe, like you can make pounds. That's why anytime they find anything to do with any, any probe cooking, it's instantly federal regardless. Mm. So all, so, uh, meth crystal meth almost is to speed what crack cocaine was to powder cocaine. Yeah. I don't think that it's like, I don't think that it's any stronger um, in, in form, but mm -hmm. it's a lot more addictive when you're smoking it than when you're snorting it. Just like crack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then, you know, there's always the aspect of people shooting it. I've never mm -hmm. used a needle to get high in my life. Right. I'm terrified of needles. Mm -hmm. People are like, Oh, big tattoo dude with piercings. He's scared of needle. Yes, bitch. Me. And by the way, That's all, me. The, all the tweakers in prison will always brag to you how they never shot dope. That's like a big, <laughs> that shows how high class you are. Never shot any dope brother. Yeah. But then, then you see, you know, the skinhead that are uh of white power and they yeah. go down the tier to, to ask a black dude to use the the uh tier rig mm -hmm. so they can shoot some heroin right you know what i'm saying <laughs> exactly. i'm preserving my bloodline yeah. hey, hey tyrone let me get that rig bro. right exactly uh so it's it's a wild dynamic in there so this was the uh when you could still buy sudafed over the counter where you, and, and, and hillbillies could make it in their trailer in the, the rural parts of Oregon. That's yep. how you started smoking. Yeah. All the, all the old bikers and, and white boy cooks, um, were doing a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's what I started on. And then crystal started to take over. Um, my, my, and that's the, that's the cartel shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's One the of stuff my, that's coming en masse from Culiacan and all these different places in Mexico. Absolutely. One of my, um, so he was one of my street family. He was my street uncle. Um, he was the first uh, white captain of the Serenios in the state of Oregon. And he was a, a dope cook in Lane County. Um, and he said that when the task force busted him the last time, they told him, um, you know, it was Inet. I'm sure you've met Inet uh, in, in Eugene. Yes, yes. So the, the head of the task force for Inet told him uh, the worst mistake we ever made was shutting down all of you dope cooks that were local because we we opened the gates for the cartel mm -hmm. and he's like we could handle you guys we mm -hmm. are screwed now yeah um he said we put you out of business and we just left an open monopoly for them dude i literally gifted them over the last two generations now untold billions of dollars oh yeah given them a monopoly on it yeah did uh so you're you're smoking and how do things progress? When do you start selling it? And when do you really like let your life fall apart? So, I mean, it was crazy because it was almost immediately that I started, uh, I started selling it. And then one of my, one of my plugs was stealing cars on a regular basis. And I was like, you gotta, you gotta teach me how to do that. I really want to know how to do that. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? And he's like, okay, chill, bro. I'll show you how to do it. So he taught me how to shave keys and do jiggle keys. Yeah. Um, and back then you could do that. I'm willing to talk about that because it's not a way that kids are going to be able to go out and steal cars right now. I'm yeah. not giving classes on how to ruin your life. Yeah. Um, 
Because all of this stuff is horrible, kids. Don't do any of the stuff me and Johnny are talking about. They'll figure it out. They've already figured out a much worse way. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they have. But, um, you know, the jiggle keys, you could, there were certain patterns that you could make. And as you put them in, you know, uh, in the lock, mm-hmm. you jiggle them a little yep. bit and it'll turn. And mm-hmm. uh, now they have transponder keys and laser cut keys and all that shit to combat right. that. Um, but he taught me how to do that. And uh, I was boom with that because here's the thing about selling dope selling dope is really profitable Mm. and it sells itself and it's it's the problem with it is it's annoying because your phone never stops ringing yeah like i got to the point where i hated my phone and when my phone rang i would sit there and but how many sales do you make as (laughs) as a meth dealer with good meth every day in a 24-hour period it, it never stops it's not about how many you it's not about how many you can get. It's about how much time do you have? It's like, do you stop to be able to smoke for yourself? Do you stop to be able to sleep? Do you stop to eat? Do you stop? Do can you take a piss? It's, it sells itself. The thing I liked about stealing cars, which got me diverted to that was it was an adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. There's no adrenaline rush, like being high on meth and stealing a car and then getting in a high speed chase. There (laughs) were times where we were trolling for cops. Like if I see a cop, I'm just going to gun it, bro. We're going to have high speed chase tonight (laughs) because it's wild. The adrenaline that you get. Yeah. There's no, I've never felt more alive in my entire life. Like I've played shows at packed out clubs where I'm on stage with a microphone, you know, with my metal band. And that was a great high. Mm -hmm. Love that healthy high. But the high speed chase thing was just insanity. Forget about it. And getting caught for a stolen car is not that big of a charge. It was only 13 months in Oregon at the, at the time. And right. then they came out with that. I believe it was measure 57, which is what they were trying to bust me on later. Um, and what is that? I, I don't so know it's is. a, it's a, like a career criminal. I think they, I think they actually, they, it was measure 57. I think they called it the Denny Smith law because this dude was such a, like a career car thief. Uh-huh. He'd been doing it for so long and he'd gotten so many UUMVs that were, they were like, this is no longer a deterrent. So they wanted to break you off with. So for a class C felony, the most they can give you is five years period. Whether they break that up in prison, they give you three years in prison and two years probation or, you know, the 13 months. And then they give you some time when you get out. Um, that's the max that they can give you. And they just wanted to max it out with prison. So they started doing that for property crimes in Oregon. And I'm not sure if measure 57 is still a thing or not, but I know that I went into prison and it was 13 months for each one. So I, you know, back to back, uh, you know, three of them and I had good time and earned time, but I joined a gang and I lost all that. But Mm -hmm. then I got out and I was good for a couple of years. I was I didn't do any crimes. I was like legit, you know, I did a little blow and I, I drank and I played music and all of that, um, held down two jobs working for the County Lane County parks, um, and working for gold's gym as a trainer and did great. And then when I relapsed and I got caught up on a stolen car case, they wanted this DA tried to give me seven years for a UUMV. And I'm like, that's not even legal sentencing. Mm. I'm like, well, what do you mean? You want me to plead out to this? You're crazy as hell. I had no option but to try to fight it. Yeah, and this so, is this is what you ended up pleading out to, like the 39 months. No, this is after I got out of prison. Okay. Um, I got I got hemmed up on another stolen car case, and 100, percent I was guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't offering any types of deals. In fact, the only plea bargain they had for me was two years over the maximum sentence they could give me. They can't. 
give it to you unless you agree to it. So she was trying to pull an old okie doke. Mm. Um, and I hired, do you remember Jim Jagger? No. The one of the best attorneys in Eugene, Oregon, Jim Jagger, he was a hog slayer. Everybody was always like in Eugene, if you will need off charges for state, it's Jim Jagger for fed. It's Larry Roloff. Um, I've and, heard of Larry Roloff. Yeah, yeah. Larry Roloff or Larry Rollover Cause he, got a bunch of his clients to roll over on people, mm -hmm. but you know, his, his clients did well. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. So do you, do I, you feel like those small towns, especially in places like Oregon, they fuck you the worst because the DAs here, you get caught with a stolen car in LA. It's like you, you're getting out before lunch. Yeah. Like there's so much crime and they're so backed up. There's no, there's no bed space. They're just moving you through in Lane County. They can break you down piece by piece. I saw well, people getting hammered coming out of Lane County. Oh, it happened for a good long time. Um, but just recently they started uh, filing on property crimes again, but for 18 months, they would not file on property crimes. They had like eight uh, public defenders. And I think three prosecutors all quit at once. They were just like, y'all ain't paying us enough for this. We're out. And what do you mean? Why? Because they weren't, they were mags. They weren't prosecuting enough. There, there were over the, their caseloads were so overwhelming mm. that they bounced. So they, they just started no filing on all UUMVs, right. theft ones. Mm. If it wasn't a violent crime, they weren't going to, they weren't going to press the charge. So you'd get arrested in a stolen car and they'd take you to the jail and they'd be like, we're not even processing them right for 18 months. And so, at the time I was on the run in the state of Florida from UUMV and theft one charges that they wanted 10 years for. And I, I wrote in and I was like, Hey, so like, I'm doing really good. I'm a recovery coach, but I've got these old charges. And the DA who sent me to prison in 2006 is a judge now, Deborah vote. And she said, okay, cool. We'll drop this. And she dropped the charges so that I was able to move back to Eugene. Wow. Were you worried that they were going to arrest you right there? Or did you call in? What? Because you're on the lamb when you were in Florida, you so, you had absconded technically, right? I got arrested multiple times, but I knew that there was a uh, extradition radius in in on my charges. It's connecting states only. One thing about Oregon, they're broke as fuck, and they're not going to try to come get you from four states away mm. on a property crime. Now, okay. if it's a murder or something like that, if it was even a measure 11, like a simple assault mm -hmm. where they want to slam you with five or seven yeah. years, they, they probably come multiple states away, but Oregon and Florida have beef with each other on extradition because Oregon's burned Florida on extradition multiple times. They won't, Florida won't send you on their dime. Mm. Like Oregon literally has to come get you and pick you up and bring you back. That's why you, when I moved to Florida, there were so many people that were on the run from Eugene, Oregon in Florida. I rolled up to the apartment complex and there was like six people. Like my <laughs> oh, uncle was there wow. and I was like, Oh, what's up? And he's like, Hey, you made it. <laughs> they call it the gangster's paradise in Florida. That's why like a bunch of the organized crime people retired to there. You know, Florida is, I mean, it's a great place to hang out. If, if you're yeah. on the run, they had, the main bar that we all hung out with was called Crook's Den. Nice. It was full of bikers and there was hella murders in there. Like yeah. somebody gets murked in there and they're like, God damn it. Wait till closing to call the cops. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this. And plus coming from Oregon, a place with, you know, a methy state with a bunch of sex offenders, Florida is an easy transition. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Oregon is like the lightest penalties on sex offenders. Is that right? Out of anywhere in the country. And Florida just passed a law where if you, uh, do a sexual assault 
under the age of 12, they are, you are eligible for the death penalty and you only have to get eight out of 12 jurors to actually agree on that. They are trying to put Chomos to death. That sounds like Florida in Florida. Now that that's fascinating. You know, I met, I know when you're in prison, everybody lies, especially if they're a Chomo, they have bad paperwork. They're going to, they're going to lie to you. I met people there, you know, usually Mexicans or poor people that, you know, had dump truck lawyers that got, that had hundreds of years for child crimes. So I had a different, I, I, in my experience, I didn't see people getting light sentences for, so were you talking sex, sex beefs? You were out at like, were you out at two, two rivers, rivers for okay. the majority of my stretch? Yeah. I, so two rivers, I think they sent a lot of the most severe cases out to two rivers because they it's run in a way that allows them to segregate things a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like two don't get me wrong, bro. Two rivers is not a PC camp. No. Um, but I think that they send people out there so that they can segregate them a little bit more. Sure. Cause some of those dudes with hundreds of years, you put them on a yard like snake river oh, and man. they're going to be a corpse, bro. Yeah. If you put them at OSP, you know, there's, they didn't even have cameras when I was at OSP, bro. Like, yeah. and you know, you could get murked on those stairs. Yeah. You could get killed in the laundry room. At the turnstile, right? Yeah, at the turnstile yeah. in the, in, on the yard, bro. Mm -hmm. There's multiple places, you know. Do you remember that? So tell us about OSP. So OSP I know, was my favorite place to be. Out for of the sure though. I, I, I was there for a very brief couple of weeks uh, as they were moving me to minimum. But I was like, dude, I could do my whole stretch here. Cause you can actually do time there. I did two years there. And, um, I actually had a lieutenant come up to me and be like, delay, like you're smarter than the stuff that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Don't you want to go to minimum? And I was like, no, you're going to send me halfway across the state. I don't want to go to minimum. I'm comfortable here. Mm. Um, and she told me I could pick handpick my minimum that I went to. But uh, so I finally, that's, that's why I ended up being good for six months and getting shot right. out to minimum. But I was so comfortable there because we, you know, the gangs really run OSP. Yeah. Um, you go to a minimum facility and like, they have things to hold over your head and everything. Yeah. Like we'll just stab you at OSP. Right. You okay. Know what so I'm tell saying? us about who you ran with at OSP. Okay. So, um, I've never really talked about this on the internet before, but I talked to some of my homeboys and they're like, dude, bang it. Bang it, bang it, it out, baby. You're Send on the connect. It. You know what I'm saying? The We're getting boys, an exclusive. The whole boys actually want me to put the name out there a little bit. So I ran with Irish pride. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it's. I know that every gang says this, that, you know, we're, we're not really a gang. We're a family. We were 100%. We were a gang, but it was like a family as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't put people on that. We thought were cannon fodder. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these gangs go for quantity over quality because they know that if you're not quality, they can just put you on a dummy ass mission. And we didn't, we didn't do any of that. Mm. We wanted straight soldiers. Um, so uh, are they from Oregon? They're from Southeast Portland. Okay, right. I've heard yeah, of these Yeah, they're guys. from Southeast Portland, and they were doing big things on the streets out there in Southeast. Um, Do they still operate in Southeast, or is it just a prison gang now? So, look, here's the thing is that they're big in prison. All the homeboys that I know are doing, like, real-life shit. Like I've got one of the, one of the big homies is out in Idaho and he runs a treatment center. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got multiple homeboys that work in treatment, helping people. Uh, some are business owners. Um, some have families. They've all bought in houses. All the ones that I know, you know, one of my homies is up in Portland right now. He has his own tattoo shop and is killing it. Mm -hmm. um, so it sounds like it's morphed to just become uh, an operation on the inside. I, I really think that it has, you know, it started out on the streets of Portland. There was, you know, there was, uh, Irish pride and there was FBK, um, which is uh, the fat bitch killers. <laughs> 
Um, I love that. So there was Irish pride and FBK and we, we all got along really well, like, uh, on the streets. And, and in fact, um, I have some great stories uh, about the FBK cats, dude. Um, you know, their name, their name is, is, has some comedy to it, but they're no joke on the yard. They're, mm-hmm. they're pretty stabbing ass dudes. Okay. Um, so in, when you were, you clicked up with Irish pride pretty quickly, you got the snake river. Yeah. My second Sally was one of the shot callers for Irish pride. He was doing a double life sentence because when he was 17 years old, his, uh, uncle was molesting his little sister and dude tried to take it to the police he tried to take it to his parents. He tried to take it everywhere and nobody would listen. So he ended up cutting his uncle up. He, he invited his uncle out to a bonfire, uh, killed him, uh, cut him up, put him in several different locations to try to dispose of the body at 17 years old, went home, showered, bleached under his fingernails, mm-hmm. burned his clothes and shit. Yeah. His dad ended up snitching on him. Oh my God. Um, and he got double life sentences for that at 17 years old for trying to protect his little sister mm-hmm. because the dude would not stop raping his little sister right uh super good dude small small Mm. dude like i i get in there and um you know what i'm saying like i'm short timing and this is my second celly that i have um and and i'm a big dude you know what i'm saying and he's a small dude and i could instantly when i walked in not even knowing who the dude was i could tell by his demeanor that this dude is no joke Mm -hmm. he was like first thing he said to me was paperwork and Mm -hmm. i'm like right here buddy Mm -hmm. and i'm like yours and he hands me his paperwork and i'm like all the respect dog. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, cool. So you, you, you're here on UUMVs. So, uh, when's your out date? And I'm like, I got 39 months. He's like, cool. That's the last time you'll ever talk about getting out around me. And I was like, facts. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's like, we have some rules in this cell. You sit down to pee. And I'm like, explain it. And he's like, so there is a piss mist radius when you stand up and you pee, you know, two, three feet from the water there's a splashback mist radius. And he goes, this is my home for the rest of my life. I'm never going to see the streets again in my life. And I don't want to live with a bunch of other dudes piss. You'll mm-hmm. be in and out of here. This is, this is my forever home. And I was like, I got you. I can respect that. JD. Yeah. I got the same speech. Did you? When I went to two rivers with my celly doing life shot caller for the hell's angels out there. Yeah. To this day, 15 years later, I still sit to pee. Yeah, bro. Like, I mean, if I'm way more comfortable, if I'm home, that's generally a lot of the time. That's what I do. If I'm home. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't sit to pee at like the, the zoo. No, I'm I'm absolutely not going to be out at the clur. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Getting my twerk on and then, uh, you know, sitting down to pee, but like at home, I absolutely do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nailed it with that one. You get more of it out. Yeah. It's relaxing. You get some phone time. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I think that men are always constantly being pushed to be more productive and yada, 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 Mm -hmm. stay on your feet. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to hang out, bro. I'm going to be scrolling through the ticky talking. Yeah, that's right. So, but yeah, I think it's a lifer thing because a lot of the lifers are about that. You know, my first Sally was super laid back. Uh, I got there and I was super concerned because he was at work and I was like, Hey, so uh, who's my Sally? And I'm at snake river. Mm -hmm. And I, I was concerned because, you know, First off, if they put you in with a black dude in the Oregon prison system, you you're not allowed to sell up with a black dude. It'll so what cause would you do? All sorts of problems. What would you do? If if they're putting me into his cell, that's that man's cell. I'm gonna refuse to sell in mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go to the hole. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna disrespect the dude. Yeah. I'm not gonna try to fight the dude. I don't know who that dude is, and it's none of my business what that dude's charges is. I'm just not going in the cell. Right. I'm not gonna unpack my shit. I'm gonna stand at the door and I'm gonna be like, 
I'm, I'm ready to go to the hole right now. I'm already packed, dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they, since I was marked as STG, they automatically never tried me. Mm-hmm. And it's not my rules. It's not that I have an aversion to living with people of color. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. In the state of Florida, when I was locked up, no problem with it. Had some great cellies that were black. So you but, would never ask... Uh, a black guy or a Mexican guy for his paperwork. Cause that's none of your business. We can't do that. You can't do that. We can't do that. We police our own mm-hmm. community. Right. And like a lot of the time when I talk about this stuff online, like it, it's like, so I don't really want to get super into depth with a lot of the, the racial politics because it's just so easy for people to misinterpret and be like, Oh, you made the rules. Cause these people don't know, Mm-mm. bro. I was a tourist. Mm-hmm. I was doing 39 months. Yeah. I didn't set up the rules of how this goes, but we can't, we can't go up to somebody, you know, who's of another race and ask him, what are your charges? Cause, and what's the point if you do, cause you, you, you're not going to fight the dude no. and start a gang war no. on the yard. You can't extort the dude. You can't beat him up. You yeah. can't kill him. Mm-hmm. There's no, you have no business right. getting in another race's business. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there's like the, the, we have different politics. White boys don't stand for that shit. If you are on some chomo shit, or you've got that, that hard R against a woman, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, the white boys are not going to let you ride out. You're going to have a really bad ride, mm-hmm. but there's other races that don't care. Yeah. There's- I noticed that with, especially with the blacks in Oregon is that they really let a lot of that slide. And I think it's cause they just need numbers in, on the main line. Well, and also, I mean, like there's, there's some of those groups where if it's a white girl, it's extra hood points. You know what I'm saying? If you raped a white girl, right. they're all high-fiving you for that. Oh, you mm. got that white bitch. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it, it's it's sad because if if it was a white dude who raped a black girl or a Latina girl or any other race, we wouldn't see it any other way than you're a rapist, bro, mm-hmm. and we're, we're fucking mm-hmm. you up. So When you first joined Irish Pride, then you... You do you have... What is your function? Do you have to put in work or are you just on the car at the workout bench... Like, well, what are you doing well, for that? So, I mean, there's a six month prospect period okay. for most gangs. You know what I'm saying? Like most of the gangs in the, in the Oregon system, there's either a six month or a one year prospect period. And really all I was seeing when I was out there was uh, the, the organizations were doing a six month prospect period. Um, I think they did away with the one year and most of them, even though it was that before. Um, so, and at, at the end of that, you have to put in work. I didn't wait till the end. I, you know, there were opportunities for me to do things that like, I'm not going to talk about on the internet because there's not a statute of limitations Mm. for some of this stuff. Some stuff I've been busted for some stuff. There's a statute of limitations and some of the stuff that I've done, I'll never, ever talk about on the internet because to this day they could come back and they could be like, well, there's no statute of limitations on that type of violent crime. But like I, I, I did my shit early. And, uh, so I ended up, you know, I still had to ride out my prospect period and then they put it to a vote. You know, whoever's on the yard, wherever you are is like, okay, so should we have this dude get his, should, should he be allowed to ride with us? Should be, he be allowed to patch? Um, sometimes they'll make you wait longer. Sometimes they'll put you on earlier. Mm. Um, I, I ended up getting put on just a little bit shy of like four months. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I went in with the intention to do some harm while I was there. Mm -hmm. Like I, Cause I was molested when I was six years old. Um, and I never got justice against the person that molested me. Like nothing ever came of it because, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, it was a person that was involved with my family's church. And, uh, 
you know, there was a very big stigma that gay people go to hell and I'm six years old. And this dude did stuff with me that wasn't like consensual, but like, I thought it made me gay and I thought I was going to go to hell. And I didn't want to tell my parents, like, I'm not going to heaven with you because I'm gay now. And Mm. there was like this whole extra trauma added to it because of the religious aspect of it. So when I went to prison, I was like, I'm going to beat up a bunch of chomos. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm going to find these dudes. I'm going to make them as miserable as humanly possible. Yeah. Someone's getting touched for what happened to me getting touched. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I don't think that it's really like, I I mean, I respect anybody who goes in there and, and is willing to do whole time and all of that for beating up chomos. But like, you've seen the chomos, bro. How many tough chomos have you seen? Not one. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like it doesn't make you gangster to go beat up a Mm -hmm. child molester because they're pukes, bro. They ain't shit. Yeah. You know, fight. You want my respect for fighting? Fight a gangster. Sure. But, um, you know, people, there are people in prison who will give you respect right off rip for beating up chomos. Well, most places uh, in a place like California, a chomo would never even get near the main line or he'd be getting stabbed up. So it's, in the in the old days, I mean, there, how many 50, 50 yards are there now? Yeah, I don't know. California don't know. just opened up prison land. It's changing. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. But I still wouldn't uh, I still wouldn't want to test it. You know? I mean, I wouldn't want to be a chomo anywhere. Yeah, dog. No, you know no, but I'm, I'm saying, saying like I, I still think they would take care of you in some of these bigger, bigger facilities. But uh, did you ever do a whole shot for? For any work you did? Oh, I, I did a few different hole shots. I did my first hole shot at Snake River. Um, I so, It's so stupid, bro. Um, I went, somebody gave me a stick. When I first got to uh, Snake River, I knew everybody. It was like a family reunion. Mm-hmm. I got there and I remember being daunted. I'm like, it's sad that I know this many people here in snake river like right off rip from um, eugene from eugene from portland yeah from all over i was like the gang's all here you know yeah. what i'm saying um but you know it was kind of cool it was kind of cool because they immediately put shoes on my feet i wasn't walking around in those uh crusty ass cruisers you yeah know those what I'm saying? fake converse <laughs> yeah bro before i even hit my first yard i was i was i was in some nikes yeah. there were some dusty ass old nikes mm-hmm. but they it, I didn't look like I was fresh and like brand new. Brand new, yeah. Um, so somebody handed me uh somebody handed me a stick, uh, you know, with weed. Mm-hmm. Um, for those people who don't know, we call them sticks. It's because mm-hmm. they're they're not real joints, they're just tiny little things. It's the dust for pretend you're thinking about rolling a blunt on like an old CD case. That dust that you just blow off at the end, that's that's a stick. That's about as much weed as in is in a a prison stick. That's seven dollars. Seven dollars. I was just gonna say, yeah, that's the going rate exactly. So or you know, a that's a coffee. bag of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I went out there on the on the yard because um, everybody was like, "Don't smoke that in the unit. You'll blow up the unit, and they'll you'll get." the whole unit searched and I'm like, okay, cool. I was going to blow it in the toilet, but whatever, Mm -hmm. which really is how I should have done it. But I went out to the yard and uh, took a battery and a piece of Brillo and I smoked a joint out on the Mm -hmm. yard. And, um, I ended up getting later that day. I got, uh, or later that night, they took me down to, uh, you me because somebody had seen me doing something on the yard and, uh, or somebody snitched one or the other. I don't know. Um, and, I didn't come up positive for THC. I came up positive for a pill that this old man had gave me. Uh, this old man had given me a morphine and I completely forgot that I took it because it didn't do anything to me, but the stick actually got me stoned. So I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I don't know if that's, 
was it was it too soon? Is that going to show up on my UA? Mm-hmm. And it didn't, but the wow. the morphine did. So I did like forty five days in the hole for that, just for a morphine UA. Yeah. What did you ever do? Whole shots for like violence you committed or work for the the yeah, car? Yeah. So um, so there was a dude who showed up at OSP. And he had, I had put an on site on him because there was a dude in another prison that was one of our, our brothers who had written us and told us that this dude was a snitch and that he snitched on him on his case. And so I put an on site on him and you know what it is with an on site. It's, it doesn't matter who you are. You just, as soon as you see him, you take flight on him. Doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be in front of, you know, it could be in the middle of a courtroom. Mm -hmm. So I go after this dude. I start, I start beating his ass on the control room floor. There's cops there. Of course he's fighting back. Dude was fighting back. Mm. Um, and they drag us down and put us in the hole. Um, it's a mutual combat cause he fought back in prison. If somebody starts fighting you, you're not allowed to fight back. You're supposed to just, I guess, flail or yell. Yeah. Help, right. Help. Yeah. But he fought back. So we both end up getting four month hole shots mm-hmm. and I do my four months in the hole and I'm dreaming because, you know, have you been to the hole? Yeah. So, you know how little they feed you in there. Uh-huh. And like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a fat kid, bro. I need a little more food than what they feed yeah. you in there. They, they barely give you enough to sustain yourself and you can't get canteen. So I'm dreaming about that spread when yeah. I get out mm-hmm. and they take me and they, you know, if, if you've been to OSP where they suit you out, uh, you know, they, they take you there. They put your property in the room. They put your clothes in the room. So I've got my jeans and my blue shirt and I'm getting out of this awful ass jumpsuit mm-hmm. and I'm super stoked. I'm looking at my property. I pick up my property box. I see my soups and all my shit. And I walk out and I look over and there's that dude again, getting dressed out with me because we were getting released the same day. They didn't separate us. I thought they would have shot him to another prison and something in me just flipped like a switch and I dropped my box <laughs> and I jumped him again and he didn't fight back this time. He just did the, type of thing. And so I ended up getting a unilateral combat. And so I went back to the hole because they gave me six months for that Mm -hmm. because it was a unilateral Mm -hmm. unilateral combat suck, bro. They're automatically going to max you out. I'm lucky Mm -hmm. I didn't get IMU to be honest Mm -hmm. with with the whole context. Were you worried about going with your mentality of I'm going to touch a chomo. I'm going to join a gang. I'm going to, you know, uh, maybe smuggle drugs or have access to weapons. Were you worried about catching another case being as that you were such a short timer? Like I was, here's the thing is that like, they're generally back then, bro. Um, they weren't giving out hate crimes for, for beating up chomos. The only time you were at, at OSP, bro, as long as you weren't stabbing somebody, you didn't get caught with a knife. You didn't get caught with like drugs from outside the facility, mm-hmm. you know, street drugs. Uh, you didn't stab nobody. You didn't hit nobody with a lock and a sock. You didn't use weapons. You weren't going to get an outside charge. Yeah. You know, they've changed a lot of that. Like right. a lot of the time now they're going to hit you with a hate crime for even slapping a chomo in the mouth. So wow. the the distinction is what, what defines a hate crime is you beat him up because he's a chomo. No other criminal is protected by the, the type of crime that they do. They're literally considered a protected class in there. How crazy is that? There's gay people aren't a protected class. Trans people aren't right. a protected class. You know, no color of people. But mm-hmm. if, if your crime is against children, you're a protected class. Mm-hmm. What is that? So you have to make it seem like that's not the reason you fought them. So, you know, like uh, if you're going to beat one up in front of a CO, walk up to him and be like, 
what did you just call me a bitch and then take flight on him? Yeah. Because then you can say, he you know, punk, he punked me out. Yeah. He punked me. I had no choice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He called me a bitch. Mm -hmm. You know what it is in mm -hmm. here. That's fighting words. So you go back to the hole for six months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you I got stripes now. I regret that shit so much, Johnny. Oh. Here's the thing is I got out after six months and one of the homies instantly comes up to me and he's like, Hey, uh, are you okay? I'm like, I'm ecstatic. I'm out of the hole. He goes, so turns out that dude didn't snitch. <laughs> uh, our dude, ex dude snitched on him and tried to put it on him to take the heat off him. So you just did all of that to a good dude for no reason. And I was like, I hate myself, bro. I hate this life. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's when I really was like, I started to question, like, why did I do this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I love my homeboys and everything, but, bro, I could have saved myself so much drama. And, like, for me, it was never about being safe. Uh, you know, I feel like a lot of people join gangs because they're, they're like, they're tripped out. They want protection. There's safety in numbers. Mm -hmm. For me, it was never about that. Um you know, I just wanted the camaraderie yeah. and I genuinely liked the people like the, some of the homeboys knew Gaelic and they were teaching me Gaelic. I couldn't remember a lick of that today, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, it was just, there was some true camaraderie there and there still is to this day. Like every, every year I get invited to the, the homie, uh, hangout barbecue mm -hmm. that they do in Southeast. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big deal to this day. We all watch each other's backs, but yeah. at the time it, there was so much drama. Like we almost got in a war, um, with another one of the white gangs on the yard. It happened at snake river. Um, but we were narrowly able to, uh, stop that happening from at OSP. What was it over? Um, so like, if I remember correctly, because I wasn't at snake river, I was at OSP. So I got everything in coded letters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where like you, you really have to code things out. You're writing, there's pages upon pages and you're looking at every ninth and 16th letter because nine and 16 are our numbers. So we had codes that we were using back then. Um, or they would just try to write it in Gaelic, but the, the guards started translating mm. that and it was a bust to write things in Gaelic. Um, but from what I understood, there was some sort of a drug debt and two of their dudes jumped one of ours. Okay. Now out at snake river, we had numbers over them at OSP. They had the most numbers out of any car. Who were there. they? It was, it was EK. Okay. Gotcha. European kindred. European kindred. Yeah. So what was the drug traffic like out at snake? And then what about OSP? Snake what was, was almost non-existent for the most part. That's why it's such a big deal if somebody rips you off, bro. Right. Because Snake River, you're out in the middle of Ontario, Oregon. There is nothing there. Nobody's getting visits. Nobody. And their visiting room is like sterile, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like OSP's visiting room is like popping. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You could get shit through there. It's an old school ass place. Right. It don't got video cameras like, like right. Snake River and does. It's, it's in Salem, which is 45 minutes from Portland, for yeah. an hour from Eugene. Ontario's so it's in the corridor. Like, Ontario's like it's on the, six hours it's away. It's on Snake River. It's on the border with Idaho. Yeah, it's on yeah. the furthest out in eastern Oregon you can go. So you want to know what the drug trade was out there? Yeah. Wellbutrin and <laughs> yeah, uh, Seroquel. Yeah. Right. People were doing the chain gang cocaine. You know, you get them, you get them Wellbees and you chop them up and snort Wellbutrin. Yeah. It's the most disgusting thing ever. Yeah. I tried it once and I'm like, why do you guys hate yourselves? Yeah. Like, so much cooler being sober than doing this to my nose. Right. And so that's from a meth addict. Right. Right. So, so there's like really no drugs out there. You get to OSP, everybody, especially the black guys, dude, 
They're smoking. They're getting high all day. All day. And they're like Every college day. kids. It's crazy. Yeah. There's meth there. Mm -hmm. uh, I did meth twice there. Yeah. Um, how much is it. how much is meth in at OSP? So I mean, like everything came in fifty or hundred papers, mm -hmm. and like it's kind of a weird undetermined amount. I never sold. I only sold tobacco when I was in there. I had a CEO that would bring me in packs of cigarettes for $50 bills. I had to have cash for her because this was, remember, this is before you could Venmo or PayPal yeah. or cash app anybody, you know, and I had people that would bring in $50 bills. I would give it to her. She would slide me a pack of like Paul mall, 100 non filters. And I would break down a bunch of three for fives. You know what I'm saying? Or, th you know, three for sevens, just depending. And I would make a decent amount of money off of each pack of cigarettes. So if you're getting it for 50 and you're breaking it down each, you can make five cigarettes out of one, uh, no filter 100. Mm -hmm. So I'm pulling in 200, $250 profit off each pack. Yeah. And it's not a, like an outside charge. If you get busted. Yeah. It's just a write up. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You're going to send me to the hole. Run it, bro. I right. live in the hole anyway. Right. Every time I go to the hole, you guys put me back on D block where you put all the knuckleheads. That's where I want to be anyway. Yeah. We're cool with the hole, but I avoided the drugs because I didn't want to add on another three to five years. Of course. Um, if, if I was going to add on three to five years, it was going to be for a shank, not mm -hmm. for drugs. But like I did a little personal here and there. Mm -hmm. It's the only place I've ever done heroin. I tried heroin once there. In fact, one of the, um, one of the people from another gang, it was my birthday. Um, and we were supposed to be at war, but we were all good because I got along really well with these dudes and we were able to negotiate, not bringing that crap over there and losing all our territories, mm -hmm. losing all our business on the yard, having a bunch of good ass dudes sitting in the hole for six yeah. months or I am you for 18 right. months on top of it. So he came and he was like, Hey, happy birthday, homie. And he slides me a 50 paper and I've never done it. Right. And I'm selled up, uh, with a dude who's a tattoo artist from another car, mm, uh, IPS. There we go. Uh, oh, oh boy. Tragic, man. He was super cool. Rest in peace. Tragic. That's uh, all coming together. So the heroin, just like the meth comes on pieces of paper, sheets of paper. Yeah. Papers. Uh, yeah. But like, and is that from somebody mailing in a letter with it? Like, no, no, this is like, it's just wrapped up in paper because we didn't have baggies in there. Okay. So how you know did, what I'm saying? was so, it, was it dark? It, like the, what kind of heroin? H, was it like yeah, tar it was, heroin? It was tar. Tar heroin, which, it, which is like back then was like Oregon, West coast heroin was Mexican tar heroin. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So did that come in through a balloon? Do you think? I 100% it came in through a balloon. Yeah. Um, you know, there was one CEO there that was bringing in whatever anybody wanted. Okay. And tell and, us about him. So like this dude got a full sleeve tattoo from an inmate over on C block, bro. Like a gang member sleeved this dude up with the sickest <laughs> sleeve, bro. Sickity sick sleeve. I was like, damn bro. Like it's, it was dark as hell. Cause the dude brought in the ink. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Wow. But he, so was, he was getting paid. He, oh yeah, bro. Oh yeah. He, I, he, bro, he had a brand new Ford pickup truck, like all, all bounced up on, on a lift kit and yeah. everything. He was getting money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there was different gangs had different work with different COs. Right. Like I didn't want to dabble with substances that could catch me extra mm -hmm. charges, but I had homeboys that were doing way longer than me Yeah. that, you know, they, they were working with this, uh, a, you know, either that CO or a different CO and, and they were bringing in stuff. And those, those COs are so valuable. Like you don't want to, that's becomes proprietary. It's like this gang, this car has this CO. They're not sharing him with I different saw, cars. I saw a mix up because the CO was trying to work with two cars once. And, um, he got, 
he got kind of fucked up a little bit down uh, in uh, down in Sub C. Uh, they kind of cornered him, and they're like, "You're not, you're not doing business with with uh, that other wow. car." Um, stuff like that happens, bro. But did like, you see any COs get taken off on, like beat up? Or- so like this, and it sucks because like normally a female CO uh, convicts would make sure that they're safe yeah, at the very least, for sure. But this was an STG gang uh sergeant i believe i believe she was a sergeant um and she was like four foot five four foot six um and she was going into all these gang members she just got put on stg she was going into gang members cells and throwing pictures of their kids on the floor and in the toilet and raiding their rooms being super disrespectful and uh she was told not to by by the head of one of these gangs and she instantly threw them in the hole and she was just on a rampage, bro. And she thought she was bulletproof. Yeah. So uh, the heads from three different cars came together and they're like, what do we do? And there was this dude that was kind of, he wasn't a chomo. He had hands, uh, but he had done arson. He was an arsonist. Mm. He was a fire bug. And <laughs> there were, I remember uh, a lot yeah. of fire bugs in Oregon prisons. Yeah, also so, a white thing. <laughs> and a, yeah, bro, I've never seen anybody that's not white. Uh, that was a fire bug. Um, but this dude killed, this dude killed a kid. So like we were, his fire killed a kid. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he was, he was on status. Yeah. He was no better than a chomo cause he killed a kid. Right. Um, but they were like, but he actually has hands. He's not one of these pussy little chomo mm-hmm. dudes. So they sent him on her. They walked up to him and they're like, Hey, check this out. So, um, you know, we could stab you forever. Every time you get out of the hole, he's, they're like, you know, there's three gangs represented here. There's no prison they're going to put you in. And in the 23 years that you have for your charges to do, you're never going to walk a main line and not get stabbed unless you go beat the beat the hell out of this female sergeant. Yeah. And he beat the brakes out of her, bro. Like wow. outside hospital. I think wow. she got taken like she got taken, I think, on a life flight. From yeah. Ontario to Portland because he beat her so bad. Oh, this was at Snake. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah. They shut the whole yard down. Wow. My first day at Snake, I saw a dude fucking bleed out uh, on the yard, bro. He got stabbed. Stabbed repeatedly in the armpit. Oh. And there's an artery in the armpit. So right. there's this there's this little gay kid, and they were trying to extort him because he was there for like killing both of his parents, right? And he was very flamboyant. You know, he was super yeah. super flamboyant. And but he was a cool kid and like, he wasn't really to be trifled with, but they just kept, they kept messing with him. And this dude, uh, and two of his homeboys come up and, you know, dude looks like me, super built tattooed. And he's, you know, in kid's face with the finger telling him he's going to pay him. And the kid goes, okay. And he puts his left hand up and I'm like, that's weird. And the dude shakes his left hand. He wrenches his arm up and starts sticking him in the armpit. And there's an artery in there that bleeds out so fast, mm-hmm. bro. And yeah. that dude was dead before the medical get him off the yard. Damn. And there was like, I remember it because they shut down the yard. We all had to get, you know, when they shut down a yard, mm-hmm. you all have to get down on your face. Mm-hmm. And by the time we were able to, you know, look up and, and walk back to our units, there's just this trail of blood, yeah. bro. Yeah. Like it was, it was gnarly. Did they lock you down? Did they lock the whole prison down for that? That was my first time on the yard, bro. I was out on the yard for maybe 15, 20 minutes. That happened like, you know, probably Mm -hmm. from here to there Yeah, from me. And then we went on lockdown and I was like, yeah, this sucks. Snake is one of those snake and OSP are the places in Oregon where that's will happen. Oh yeah. You know, where it looks like a Cali 
prison well, in that yo, way. Well, Snake, like, you weren't going to get through a meal uh, three times a day. You weren't going to get through a meal without seeing somebody fight in the chow hall. Mm-hmm. There's always a fight in the chow hall. Which is pussy shit, by the way. It is pussy shit. Yeah. You never do that. It's a, you never it's a do PC that at mealtime, bro. Because, it, like, A, there's so many, there's such a concentration of cops there mm-hmm. because it has the potential to be such a volatile place that, yeah. you know, a riot could start there really yeah. easily. But, People do it on purpose because there's cops there because they don't want to actually get the licks in. They want somebody to break it up quick. So unless you're just like straight up taking somebody off the yard, like, yeah, doing a dummy. Yeah. There's been times that we've sent, uh, you know, we sent torpedoes on people in the chow hall Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, you know, it's not going to be any big deal. So everybody's not going to have to leave their lunch. People half the time, people don't even look up. It happens so much. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if something really big pops off, like, um, you know, there was two Mexican gangs at OSP that went after each other and, um, and it became a real fucking issue. And, uh, one of them, ended up start cracking it off by he ran up with he had a bone crusher homie you know what a bone crusher is so a bone crusher is like one of those long thick knives he ran up and jumped and slammed it into this dude's head and uh it cracked off right there at, on the at, yard at, at no at dude's table in the chow hall oh, shit. and so they emptied everybody out of that thing and it was like the third exchange they kept having us on lockdown but they'd lock us down for like 24 hours and then take us off and they test it and that just, they, they had us on lockdown for like two, three weeks. They were feeding us all of our meals in the cell, yeah. like bag lunches. So that was a war between the, yeah. uh, and tell us about, tell us, let's talk about the Latino gangs. Was, it, was that Norteño Sereno? So look, man, Norteños, I've never seen a Norteño make it uh, past intake in, in the uh, Oregon system. I don't know how it is at two rivers because they do have that segregated thing. And I heard that they were sending some of them out to two rivers, but Serenos run the yards mm-hmm. in, in Oregon prisons, uh, like as far as Hispanic gangs yep. and us and them run together. The, the whites and Serenos run together. Cause we have the same ass politics on stuff. Yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? So they'll be out there doing burpees on the yard with a bunch of white boys, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll all be training for war together. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you go to OSP, you've got the two different sides of the chow hall, the side that, that they call the white side mm-hmm. and the side that they legitimately, they call it the jungle. That's what they call it. Um, and at the very back of the jungle is where the sex offenders have to sit, mm-hmm. you know, back by the dish pit. Yeah. But you'll have, uh, you know, just non ganged up dudes at the back of the white mm-hmm. side. And then you got gang member, gang member, lifer, 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 gang member, gang member, gang member, all the way around. And the Serenios are right in there. They eat with the white boys there. They run with us, bro. And Norteños, like they, the CEOs will straight up tell the Serenios like, Hey, you, you got a, you got a 14th streeter dude coming. Uh, and, yeah. and so they'll be waiting for him in laundry, bro. Wow. And they won't even, they won't even get dressed down. They'll, they'll go to get out of their jumpsuit. And all of a sudden out of the shadows are stepping three Serenos trying to make as much of an example out of them as humanly possible. So bro. they can't live together. They can't they're like they two can't. barracuda. They're like two. What are those beta fish? Yeah. They, they just, don't even, they don't even make it to a cell most of the time. Wow. Boy, you know what yeah. I'm saying? If, if they're documented, yeah. they're not making it to a cell. Did you Oregon. find that surprising that the Serenos run Oregon? Because it's super think, weird. You it's think weird. The Northerners. Because would, Northern because, California, yeah. you, they come up. Most of the real hardcore motherfuckers in Oregon prisons 
started in California mm -hmm. and usually Northern California. And they migrate North because it's new dope territory or they're running away. It's, you know, it's just a couple hours up I five. You're in Oregon. Well, anywhere up the I five corridor, bro. Yeah. Um, you know, Californians, uh, run business, you know, it's cause it's straight to Mexico, Mexico yeah. to Washington. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, there was, it, it, what surprised me is that the white gangs were so different than California. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, I mean, Aryan Brotherhood is huge, right? Right. Um, but did you, I didn't find a big presence. I, of I saw one dude, bro, and yeah. it turned out that he was like a transplant that was taken uh, because he rolled on his homies mm -hmm. in a prison in California, mm -hmm. and they they put him in Oregon where they thought he'd be safe. And when everybody found out, and we had him beat off the fucking yard, yeah. we literally did it in the most disrespectful way humanly possible. We had a chomo take him out in the chow hall. We <laughs> threw a torpedo at him, so he had this little like. Hi guys, I'm here to beat you up so you can't be on the yard. You know what I'm saying? Just this honaki looking dude, mm -hmm. take him out in the chow hall. I'd have been sick, bro. Yeah, oh, I'd have been sick, sick, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> hey, if if you want to take me out, bro, you better send a gang member after me for if sure. If you send a chomo to take me off the yard like that, I'm 100 coming back and stabbing everyone, and I don't mm -hmm. care about extra charges, bro. You won't have to kill me before you do that. It's to like me. getting beat up by a girl your first day of school. It's so much worse than getting beat up by a girl, bro. <laughs> I I I, I don't bad. mind if girls touch me when it comes to chomos, bro. Ugh. Do you remember this guy at OSP? He, you know, you know, the Nancy Kerrigan story, the saga of Nancy yeah, Kerrigan, yeah. uh, Tanya Harding was from Oregon or maybe like Southern Washington. And she's a piece of Northwest garbage, right? She's from a trailer park. God bless but, her, but God bless her. Right. She's one <laughs> of ours. So she was in the 92 Olympics figure skating against Nancy Kerrigan, who was like the sweetheart, you know, that big toothy grin, right? She was like America's sweetheart. So a guy came, somebody in Tanya Harding's camp came after Nancy Kerrigan and like beat her shins in so Ooh. she couldn't compete. Do you remember when that happened? Oh yeah. That dude was from Oregon. Oh, really? And he ended up going, getting locked up for that. He was at OSP and inmates are so funny about what they choose to like, like the justice they choose to take. They called this guy like no good. Like they put hit, they put a jacket on him because it was a crime against a woman. Yeah. Or it was like, yeah, I guess cause it was a crime against a woman. So that's what it would have been. Like that was the jacket. If you committed like an assault against a woman, but it seems like everybody in there has beat up their girlfriend at some point. So how do they, why would that have been a jacket versus I've I know we don't make up, the rules. I've never beat up my girlfriend, but like, I personally, like, I know that there's a lot of gangs that like, don't look down on domestic violence. I, I personally do. You're not going to sit at my table right. if you're there for beating up women. That's some pussy okay. ass shit. And, and I don't, I don't personally, I, I don't either, but I'm just saying you're in there with a lot of scumbags with a, a lot of, a lot of scumbags. Yeah. Who um, are gang members who we would call good dudes, but come on, bro. Like, yeah. So, and, and like, um, but I just thought that was funny that like this guy wrote letters home. He, he thought he was going to die. They yeah. would, they would walk by and smack him in the head at the chow hall, knock his hat off his head. You know, he really, <laughs> so but I should be laughing about it because he got out. Did okay. He deserve it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know, though. He, you know, he beat a woman's shins in bad. He went and he did his time. Yeah. You know, I, I just think like the what inmates choose to like carry out vigilante justice on is weird. Sometimes the chomo, I totally get the chomo stuff, you know, but it's like 
it was Look, interesting. Here's the thing. So like crimes. Did you hear women, about that guy when you were there or no? I didn't. And I don't know if he got there after I left or whatever, because like, no, you know, he would have been there before he would have been there before. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, it's crimes against women, crimes against children, crimes against the elderly, right. disabled, that type of stuff. Yeah. You know, there's, there's different types of inmates, mm -hmm. but a lot of the dudes that I know that are in gangs and shit, they grew up watching their mom get their ass beat. You know what I'm saying? They, they grew up watching their mom get tossed around the house and beat on and, you know, whipped with a belt and shit. And they, they just, they don't put up with that shit. And honestly, if you could get your dick hard for a kid, bro, you don't need to be on the planet. You don't need to be in prison. You just don't need to be on the planet. Like, I don't, I don't think there's any way to rehabilitate you and you don't, it's, you're not worth the risk because, you know, I don't think that, that you can actually solve that problem short of a nine millimeter round, bro. Like those people, if you look at kids and you're like, and that, that inclination is in you, bro. Like you're just cooked, bro. Mm -hmm. So that's why that's there. And like, bro, like beating up on disabled people or the elderly and shit, that's always been, you know what I'm saying? Like, but a lot of that dates back to like, what, what were the mafia rules? No women, no children. Mm -hmm. And that loosely translated very easily into disabled people and mm -hmm. the elderly, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like if you, would you be respected in the old mafia days? Right. If you were walking around beating up people with walkers, right? Of course Fuck not. no, bro. Yeah. Like a lot of that comes from the old code. Mm -hmm. There was an old code. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No women, no children. Omerta. I got mm -hmm. it blasted on my stomach. Mm -hmm. You know, um, could anybody have a jacket where perhaps there was some gray area, right? Like a 20 year old kid was in there for statch rape. Bro, Statch is such a messed up beef when you hit somebody that's like young with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If somebody, if it takes like one or two days for somebody's birthday to define whether or not it's a felony, but most of the time, like, so statutory is not a felony in the state of Oregon, unless there's like extenuating circumstances, mm. like a lengthy period of time. Like, you know, there's, I think there's like a three year gap. Right. Um, like, and there's also the Romeo and Juliet law, like Oregon has a Romeo and Juliet law that, that covers that. Yeah. But statue is like, so if, if me or you were to be with a 16 year old girl mm -hmm. and she was willing, that's where statutory comes in. So I knew a dude who got blasted for like a bunch of statutories, but you know, he was like 32 and he was with like 15 year old girls and they were consenting and that's what statutory was. And he was all bad, bro. He yeah, was all bad. On the all bad. I, like, and he was the singer of a metal band and he used his place, uh, like his popularity in the metal scene in Eugene, mm -hmm. um, to like get these young girls to his house. And then he'd give them meth and get them like strung right. out. That's why they consented. Be doing stuff to yeah. him. Yeah. And like, I remember when I walked out on the yard at snake and he was like, Oh my God, I'm so glad to see you. JD, I need your help. And I'm like, I don't know you homie. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Get yeah. away from me. Dog. Do you remember, do you remember the most, the wildest thing that ever happened to a Chomo while you were down? Hmm. So, you know, you've been to OSP, you know, it has the old school penitentiary doors that are bars and they slam, yeah. you know, the, the COs at the, at the, uh, control room, they can open them all and slam them all at the same mm -hmm. time. Or you can like shut your door yeah. after they open them. Uh, I watched a dude watched a chomo get his head slammed in there until <sighs> the dude was just a puddle bro. And then dragged out and instantly orderly already had the mop and bucket because he knew what time it was yeah. and it was cool because the ceo was actually the one who had told this person this person mm -hmm. uh who the chomo was like you know that dude down on 13 is no good uh and cracked the door 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So that like, that's old school penitentiary shit where the CO knows a hit's about to happen. Might even participate in it. The, the, the CO's, will good COs facilitate that shit and mm. look the other way. You know what I'm saying? Because they got, they got uh three high and three low. So if you're doing something on the bar and they know that you're doing something on the bar, they go to the other side and mm. go look down the other bar. They have culpable deniability. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I had multiple COs that were cool like that. One in particular, she was also the one who was bringing me in my cigarettes. That's which wild. Was cool. So how do you approach, how do you know when a CO is cool enough to approach them to ask if they can bring something in for you. So, I mean, like, bro, you, you, you never been slick with nobody in your life. No, <laughs> I've never been slick with nobody, man. I'm just a, a stand-up guy. <laughs> I love you, dog. You're amazing. So like, look, you know, you, you test the water, you, you test the water with little things. You know what I'm saying? If they're going to let you break little rules, they're going to let mm-hmm. you break bigger rules. And, and it's, it's a game of confidence. It's letting them know that you're not an idiot. First off, you're not going to put them on front street. You know what I'm saying? If you do something and somebody gets brutally messed up, you're going to clean up your mess mm-hmm. so that it doesn't look super bad on them. Um, you know, you dudes that are wide open and they're just smoking weed and blowing it out on the tier all day and everything. They're not going to trust that dude. That yeah. dude's wide open. That dude's the a lieutenant is going to come through and they're going to be blowing it out. They don't even got a jigs mirror out looking down the mm-hmm. hall. They're, they're going to get that, that CO caught up for being wide open mm-hmm. if they know that you know how to operate and a lot of the times the COs will trust gang members way more than any other inmates because we have accountability yeah if i'm being wide open and i'm bringing heat down on the block my own homeboys are going to pull me up probably put me in violation for it mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying um so you know if you're not wide open if you know how to operate and then you build a rapport with them and you know it's it's always you know, Hey, look, I, I need to go in and, uh, you start off with, I need to go in that cell. Uh, homie has something of mine. I need to get it back. And, and you give them the old, you know, yeah. little, little wink, you, you kind of like, grin, like you're grinning right grin now. Like, you're a cute hey, guy. I, yeah. I need, yeah. like, I need to go get my stuff. He, he, mm-hmm. He's got something of mine and they know what time it is. You're mm-hmm. going in there to beat the dude up and extort him and take all his shit and probably leave him in a puddle. Mm-hmm. And if they'll do that for you, then, you know, you're going to take it to that next level the next time. Um, so how did you approach this woman? Like, what did you say to her? Exactly. Like I just did. I was like, Hey, I need to go in here and get this. And she's like, you, you need an Entromo cell because you loaned him something and you need to get it back. And I'm like, you know, and she's like, she's like, all right, cool. So she, she let me in there. And, uh, then, you know, a couple weeks later, there's a new dude on the tier. She's like, Hey, you know, dude in cell 13. I'm like, I ain't seen him yet. She's like, well, you should see what he's here for. I'm like, you want to crack that door for me? And she's like, yeah, she waits till I get down in front of his cell and cracks his door. So I got the element of surprise. I go in there and I told his celly stay on your fucking bunk. You know what I'm saying? And I go in there and I'm like, your paperwork now. And he gives me his paperwork. It's all bad, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like he's tried to scribble over his charges with a <laughs> pencil. You know, when they've tried to alter their paperwork, that they're, they're on some super fucked up shit. And, uh, so, you know, I, I smashed him around the cell a little mm-hmm. bit and, uh, took everything that he had, uh, his cell, he tried to stand up at one point and I was like, sit down. And his cell, he sat down. His cell, he wasn't a, his cell, he wasn't a bad dude, but it's a bad look living with the chomo. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to do that. Now, when you do that and you come out, you know, with a, uh, a whole bag full of canteen or whatever his possessions are, are you not worried about the camera? 
hitting you at the, the very end of the OSP didn't have cameras at that point. No cameras. OSP didn't have cameras until 2009, I believe. You're kidding me. They must have had a few cameras. I mean, they had cameras, but they didn't work, dog. Like right. we all knew they didn't work. The control room, the control room floor wasn't couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Either they didn't work or they didn't care. Uh-huh. Like we weren't worried about too much stuff with that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it just those cameras were beatered. Bro. Right. I, I heard that they, in 2009, I heard they got better camera systems yeah. installed. And now I heard they have cameras literally everywhere. Yeah. But that whole place has changed. They have Zen gardens there now. Right. Yeah. Like they have over by where uh, the, the mini golf course is yeah. that the lifers built. They've got a Zen garden there yeah. now. Like we didn't have no fancy shit yeah. like that. That's probably a good thing though. Right. I think it's an incredibly good thing. I think that having a more uh, humane and more, um, rehabilitative type of a system can be really good for certain types of inmates. I think there's certain types of inmates that it just is never, ever going to work mm-hmm. for who can't be rehabilitated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, I think California is reaping uh, the, I think they're reaping the carnage of trying to put the wrong types of inmates into a rehabilitative situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, CDOC just went from, you know, uh, California department of corrections to department of corrections and rehabilitation and now they've got prison land and they've got you're like, not an inmate you're an incarcerated person yeah you're an incarcerated individual yeah. <laughs> right okay cool i'm gonna stab you in the face and say that to me you know what i'm saying did like, you meet any of did when you were down did you meet besides the chomos putting those aside did you meet any like incorrigible individuals just gangsters that weren't going to change oh oh yeah bro oh yeah like okay like so like look at like Look at Grim, bro. Um, did you meet Grim when you were at OSP? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, he had Grim tattooed, I, I think, above one of his eyebrows, dude. Um, long-haired. He looked like a native or Hispanic cat, but he he ran with the whites. And ain't nobody going to say shit to him about mm-hmm. it. Uh, he, he'd stab you before he'd look at you, bro. He was He's a hardcore dude, and, and he got out after doing, like, I think, like, I think he did, like, 15 18 years he got out and he got caught in, in southeast portland uh because he literally dragged some dude into his his auto body shop and burned him up with a torch and beat him uh with a pipe and i think he stabbed him a couple times then he threw him through a plate glass window dead into traffic and the cops got called and, and then they found all this other shit on him and uh he he went back with like the forever sentence, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's dudes like that. Yeah. There's it's almost like they like want to get caught. But here's the thing is like sitting down at a table with him. He's a very respectful dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I could sit and chop it up with him the same way that I sit and chop it up with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this dude crossed him. Yeah. People can flip. Yeah. You never know what's li- like lurking inside of somebody, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For all I know, you could be a gnarly ass serial killer. Who's just really good at it and mm-hmm. get away with it. People talk to people who have shit that lives inside of them all the time and they don't know. That's why that's why you've got these chomos that infiltrate schools and churches and people are like the government. Oh, old Gary would never do this. Joe Biden would never sniff a kid, you know? Yeah, the CIA, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you never really can tell who you're talking to. Um and, and what they might be capable of under the right circumstance. Mm-hmm. There's always the right circumstance. When you were, you, you, so you, you get out of the hole at snake river uh, for the, the second shot, the six month shot for just beating up the dude again. That was, that was dude. actually at OSP. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, is that, that's the last big prison you were at OSP. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I had that Lieutenant come to me and, and tell me delay, like you're smarter than the way that you're behaving mm -hmm. and you're wrapped up in this shit that like you're short time. Why aren't you at a minimum? And I'm yeah. like, cause you might send me all the way out yeah. to the other side of the state. I, I can get visits here. Right. And she's like, well, what if I let you pick what minimum you want to go to? And I was like, I want to go to OSPM where they have a drug treatment program because yeah. I want to get out a little bit better than I came in. And mm -hmm. so far I've just fucked myself up a lot more. Like mm -hmm. I am a way worse human being right. than I was when I came in here. <laughs> like I'm a monster now. And she's like, yeah, but you don't have to be. And she's like, I'll make you a deal. I'll send you there if you give me six months clear conduct. And like, so I just kind of amended my activities a little mm -hmm. bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, can you go when you're clicked up with a car or a gang and you want to get class down to minimum? Can you go to whoever's running the, the car and say, Hey, I, I can't, I can't really put in work. Well, I had I'm the trying keys. to get out. Okay. I had the keys, but here's the thing. How did you like, get the keys? How did you become the shot caller? Okay. So look, here's the thing. I'm going to tell this story and I, I don't think that I've ever told this story before. Um, so, uh, we had a dude, when I got there, we had a dude named Carolina who had the keys and he was from Carolina and, uh, he was, you know, an Irish dude that had, had he'd been down for a long time and he had the keys and, um, a dude that I knew from, uh, Kindred, uh, EK showed up and, uh, I really liked this dude. I still really like this dude, but he, he showed up on the yard and instant, like I had no idea how much respect this dude had anytime he walked into a prison yard. Um, and he walked up to Carolina in the chow hall and called Carolina a punk ass bitch and said, you ain't going to do nothing. Punk sit down, sit down, look at your fucking shoes. When I talk to you, don't look at me. You don't got no business looking at me. Look at the ground. And Carolina didn't do nothing. Oh, in the middle of the chow hall in front of people. That's called getting punked out punked folks. all the way out. And he's got our keys. And so like we, that happened at breakfast and I had, I had yard and I went out to yard and we were all, we, we all huddled and like, I'm like, Hey, look, we got to take Carolina off. He has to be off mainline by yeah. lunch uh -huh. or we all look like punks, bro. Like yeah. we, we handle this now and effectively and, and we do it like making a statement and uh, somebody was like, well, what if we throw a torpedo? No, this is personal. Mm -hmm. This is dead ass personal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a homeboy, Ivan, who was like, I want this. You know, he was a prospect. He was like, I want this. I want bones on this. And I'm like, bones up, bro. Bones up. Go in there and get it. And uh, so he, I was, I was sitting uh, right across from Carolina when Ivan walks up behind him and just starts taking flight on him, mm -hmm. bro. He mopped him across three tables, bro. Wow. Like literally dudes lost their lunches. Dudes are jumping up out of the way. He's dragging them to the table, throwing them on the table and just beating wow. them, bro. It was gnarly, That's bro. Wild. Ivan's a big boy. Yeah. I, I like oh, Ivan. Wow. He's the homie. <laughs> um, and he beat him up bad. And, uh, you know, Carolina, I don't think Carolina ever came out bro like i don't know like they sent him to two rivers or they mm. sent him somewhere else he definitely never touched back down at osp so you ever ran again. him off the yard and are you two are you second in line and therefore you step up and take it yeah i mean there was a dude that that probably should have come before me but he was like dude i'm not trying to do it and mm. i was like i'm really not trying to do it either like i don't want to be like because who wants to tell their homeboy somebody they genuinely care about bro that like, okay, you got to go run a mission. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You got to go, you got like what happened to Ivan. Ivan stepped up. What if nobody steps up? Do I want to tell somebody that I genuinely care about that they got to go risk getting extra time, going to the hole, mm -hmm. maybe going to IMU for 18 yeah. months, 
not getting visits with their kids and shit like mm-hmm. that, bro. I don't want that. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, so the way that I did it was, uh, you know, we just put everything to a vote. I brought it to the table and I feel like that's the way any of this shit should go, bro. I don't, I don't believe in dictatorships mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to organizations. They're all grown ass men. Who am I to tell a grown ass man what to do? Mm-hmm. That's why when I did the the interview with Ian and he said, so you were a shot caller. I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that, that terminology. Don't use that terminology. And I, I spoke out very adamantly about, you know, that's not what it is. And then he named the episode, JD delayed prison gang <laughs> shot caller. Yeah. And, I was just going to say, Hey, right? I'm sorry. You don't like that term. Cause guess what? The fucking title is going to be <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> yo. And he did that though. But like, I mean, now it's at a half million views, which yeah. at the time he, he, he didn't have views like that and it blew his channel up. So he knew what he was doing. Also, he wouldn't let me wear a shirt in, yeah, yeah, we wanted I, to cover I like your that nipples you let up. me wear a shirt because my yeah. nipples are offensive. I do understand that. You must have silver dollars underneath that shirt right there. Bro, no, I mean it's just, you know. Oh, that's a nice cute nipple. Yeah, bro. I mean they're that's just That's a hairless good-looking nipple, bro. They're just long. If these were on a woman, these wouldn't be a problem. You got like hot 40-year-old woman nipples. I do, bro. I do. Damn. You know dude. what I'm saying? Like if I wanted to make an OF where I was pegging <laughs> dudes with my nipples, I would make millions. I swear to God. Big Herc, hit me up. <laughs> Is Big Herc into OnlyFans now? No, I don't know, bro. I just, I know that like Big Herc had all that, that porn stuff that he was doing. Oh for a long yeah, time. that was old school. That I was like before Big his Herc. charge. Yeah, he, he was doing like 90s porn. Yeah. Where yeah. black guys were still wearing Timberlands fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have a friend who's real broke right now and he keeps complaining about being broke. So I wanted to send him big Herc's how to bust into the porn industry, the porn game book, but they only sell it on Kindle on Amazon. So, but I did see that they had like one of his romance fuck novels that he wrote. Oh, and wow. so I sent that to him. Uh, cause you know, he was, he, he, uh, he, he isn't going to like it. And his your girlfriend f- ended up opening it up, which I thought was amazing. Your friend doesn't sound very smart. How do, how do I get into porn? <laughs> <laughs> Look straight to that camera and start fucking. Yeah. Just drop to your knees yeah. and, and play the flute, you know? Um, so you, but you took the keys. So they voted you in to, to become the shot caller. Yeah. So how long were you in that rank for and what did you have to do? And then. So, you know, I brought everything to the table and I would present, you know, here, here's our options. You guys, you know what I'm saying on, on whatever situation it is. And, and I was putting on a lot of prospects, you know what I'm saying? And, um, but I also had this in my mind that I wanted to do this drug treatment Mm -hmm. and I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna betray my homies by not handling business to do it. Um, if I needed to go to the hole, I was going to go to the hole. I, you know, I didn't give this woman, my word that I was going to stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. I just said, you know, I'll, I'll try. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, anytime anything came up, I think I only had to put in work one more time after that. Actually, one of my, one of my prospects, uh, got out of pocket. Um, you know how you, you, I think that people think that, that people are walking around prison yards, throwing gang slur or, uh, racial slurs at each other. No. And that does not happen. That's no. how you get a race war on the yard. Of course. And one of my homeboys was, I think, playing basketball with uh, some some dudes that were uh, that were black, and he said some racial shit to one of them because mm-hmm. uh, it got heated. You know how the basketball court mm-hmm. gets. And um, they knew he was in my gang, and they were in a gang. So the shot caller from their gang comes up to me and goes, "Hey, your homeboy said this to my dudes, and that that can't fly, bro." And um, 
So I went to him and I'm like, is this, is this accurate? Did you say this? And he's like, yeah, I said that shit. And so, um, you know, I, I went back to dude and I'm like, you know, I'll handle it. Cause we handle things internally. Yeah. That's how it's, it's, if, if one of your homeboys is out of pocket, you're going to handle it. Mm-hmm. If that other gang would have jumped it, it could have been a race war. Mm-hmm. It could have been a gang war. That's bad for business. Yeah. We got, we got, you know, poker tables, pinochle tables, extortion. We got substances that we're selling. We got territory, you know, whether it be tables or phones or mm. whatever. I mean, in prison, it's stupid shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? People yeah. will literally stab you over a table yeah. in prison. But, you know, I, I took it to, to the table and I'm like, look, so homeboy screwed up and he's in violation. He's my celly. I vote that we just let me take him in the cell and me and him get them up and, uh, and, and we'll clean it up that way. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're all good with that. You know what I'm saying? But we put it to a vote. So yeah. that's an example of how it would right. happen. So then you just went and beat his ass in the cell or you guys had a straight up fade or what? So look, man, I never will expect a grown man to let me beat him up. Right. I never, bro, especially a homeboy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I have so much respect for this dude because like he's tall, but like I got size on him. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, and he, he got a couple in on me and I got, I, I landed about two or three on him. He was marked up, bro. Mm-hmm. He was marked up, like, which is what needed to happen. So then you basically parade him around the black guys that he insulted showing. I ain't like, parading shit, dog. But, but they, they could see him. But you, that's what I mean, though. Like, yeah, they could see that you had handled it. Yeah. The disrespect. Yeah. Right. They just they just had to see that somebody got mucked up for mm-hmm. it. Now, he could have all the way beat my ass and we still could have potentially called it squashed because something happened mm-hmm. but it gets more complicated then you know what i'm saying it, it just depends on how offended they were mm-hmm. what he said wasn't like super out of pocket he wasn't like dropping like full-on n-bombs but it yeah. was it was bad it was shit that you mm-hmm. don't say bro like i and you know even in prison there's i think prison is a more there's more people that are racist in prison but there's much more defined consequences for saying racially insensitive shit in there. Totally. And I think people just uh, mistake that there might be dudes walking around with swastikas tattooed all over their face, mm-hmm. but they are not dropping racial slurs. Not at all. They're if being they do, polite. Yeah. To being black polite. guys and whoever, everybody is very polite until they're not it's, like with, with other gangs of different races, it's phone time or using the phone. Go ahead. It's, it's, it's always asking before you take or do something or go somewhere. Yeah. At least on the West coast, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if, when you get locked up out in Florida, um, out here on the West coast, uh, at least in Oregon, uh, whites are the majority Yeah, just because of the the population. Right. If you go out to Florida, it's not a white majority out there, bro. Mm -hmm. It's not a white majority, you know, and I've been Multnomah County MCDC. Mm -hmm. I've been on a unit where I was one of two white dudes and my, my celly was the white dude. And he had been in a high-speed chase where he had gotten ejected from the car and broke both of his legs. And he was on crutches. So, like, I'd have to go get his food and bring it in for him. I wasn't there for very long. Like, this, I I went out to go to the little, where they keep the books, to pick out a book. Mm -hmm. And this dude is on my nuts, bro. And he's calling me a cracker and this and that. And I'm like, I'm not used to dudes calling me right like white racial slurs like first off i'm pink with red polka dots dog like you know what i'm saying like uh, read it bro you know what i'm saying but um 
he's calling me name. He's getting weird at me. And I'm like, bro, like check this out. Like I'm Irish. My people were indentured servants. They threw potatoes and rocks at us when we came off the boats. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if you got me mixed up with some skinhead or some shit, bro. But like, I got hair everywhere, bro. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this dude wouldn't stop. So I just blasted him in the face, bro. I hit him in the temple right here and his eyeball popped out of socket. And I've never seen no shit like that, bro. Like I've, I've, I know that it's happened to other people, but it was the first time I'd ever seen that. And I'd, I'd gotten him, and I was coming in with another one and I saw his eye come out of socket and I heard him scream and I just kind of pulled back and it ended up punching him in the neck instead because I like tried to pull back and wow. not like hit him in the eye where it was popped out. And that was in the day room at MCDC. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so I went straight back to my cell. I didn't know what to do, bro. Like I just saw some shit out of a horror movie. So mm -hmm. I went straight back to my cell and I closed the door and we're there's, two white dudes on this unit. You know what I'm saying? There, there's some Hispanic dudes, yeah. but it's mainly black dudes. And, uh, these dudes are coming up to the cell and, and they're talking crazy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we're waiting for the doors to pop. And he, he's like my celly. I'm like, Hey, just stay behind me and I'll deal with it. And he's like, nah, bro. No, nah, we riding out. And I'm like, bro, you are on two broken legs. Yeah, there's, there's one and a half of you. He's like, I, that doesn't mean I'm not tough. So we took, they had given him crutches. We took the aluminum crutches. We took the little plastic, the rubber stoppers off mm -hmm. the bottom. So, you know, it wasn't a sharp edge or anything, but we had a little something, something yeah. there. Um, and we were both posted up. We were ready when they, if they came through the door, when it opened, we were going to start stabbing them in the face. Mm. Um, and we posted up waiting and all of a sudden the door opened and I'm lurched. I'm ready to go. And I hear the CEO go delay, roll it up. You're going home. And I'm like, <sighs> I'm like, sorry, homie. He's like, why are you sorry? They're not going to mess with me now. He's like, we just got saved. So hold on. What happened to the guy's eye? Do you have to go to the emergency room? I have no idea. You popped bro. the guy's eye out and then yeah. you got to go home. Yeah, I got to, I ended up getting to go home. Yeah, they never ruled me up for that at all whatsoever. Wow. I don't know if he got it back into socket. I don't know what happened. You know what I'm saying? So you saw it. Did you see the connecting cord? Whatever, I just saw whatever it like connection. hanging, bro. Jesus like hanging. Christ. It wasn't like all the way out. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it was hanging. Maybe that's like happened before. Face. Maybe it's like Mel Gibson, a lethal weapon too. He could just pop his shoulder well, in out of place. I met, a, he wants. I met a dude at Snake River that could pop his eye out and he would do it to fuck with people. <laughs> it's and like so taking it, out your dentures. Yeah. It could have been like that. Oh God, dudes taking out their dentures in prison. is oh, crazy. My bro. Good, dude, how many dentures are in prison more than in like an old folks home? So many crazy amounts of dentures, bro. Like, have you ever, did you get any, did you get the blessing of getting any dental care while you were in no, prison? No, I did not. Our only tooth not. I'm missing in my head. Totally savable. I just needed like the weensiest little root canal. You know what I'm saying? And I went in there and they're like, cool. Uh, so it's super infected and um, we can pull it out of your head. I'm like, aren't you supposed to like kill the infection first? Shouldn't I get like a round of antibiotics? And they're like, no, we'll just pull it right now and charge you a hundred dollars. And I'm like, okay, like what type of, um, what type of numbing agents can I expect? They're like, what? <laughs> like, i'm like well this shit hurts really bad so do whatever you got to do yeah. right and so the the dentist at osp i don't know if you're aware of this but he like lost his license to do dentistry on the streets oh you don't say yeah be, and, and prison was the only place he could get right. hired because he was putting girls under and doing weird shit to them while they were under yeah he was a pp toucher bro bro oregon is so many sketchy people so many dog so many. i mean look i guess everywhere you go and, and, and where you find those sketchy people it is incarceration is in prison. Yeah. And the, everything that's involved with it, the jail, the guards, 
the, the people who work there. I mean, it's such a dark place. I feel worse for many of the people that work in prisons than I do at the actual inmates. I'm like these motherfuckers get to go home. A lot of them. Here's what I would tell. Here's what I would tell most people. Cause bro, like the, the vast majority of people, people need to understand the vast majority of people are coming back out into the streets. They're going to be your neighbors. They're going to be, yeah. you know, they, they might be the homeless people that are, that are living under the bridges mm -hmm. or they might be your neighbor who's posted up next to you uh, or, you know, living right outside where your kid catches the bus for school. We should try to make these people, give these people the opportunity to succeed and become better people yeah. instead of just warehousing them and then just throwing them back on the streets. I don't know what they gave you when you released, they gave me a check for $50 and a bus ticket. And, um, that was all that they gave me. Where did you uh, release out of? Uh, I released out of Santee Am. Santee Am. I yeah. spent one night there. Because I went I went from OSP to OSPM to try to do the drug treatment program. Okay, and so you made it through your six months yeah. uh, as a shot caller, but somebody who's like, hey, I, I need to get out of here. Yeah, so like, I, I didn't even burden my people with that bullshit, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, my celly knew what time it was. And he was the prospect that I had to clean up the violation with, mm -hmm. you know, he knew what time it was, but like, I wasn't going to burden them with that bullshit. Yeah. I wasn't going to tell them I, I need to try to right. be good. No, of course. But you, you know were... what I'm saying? But six months later to the day that Lieutenant walked up to the cell and was like, you know how many people I've offered that same deal to and not, you're the first one who's actually been able to do it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. She's like, pack your shit up. You're going to OSPM. Yeah. And they sent me to OSPM, which did you ever get there? No, but I heard about it. It's the nicest place to do time, bro. Yeah. You have a key to your own cell. Oh, wow. you know what I'm saying? Like you got, you got wood doors. Uh, they oh, have wow. Miss Pac-Man pool table. They have a great weight pile because it used to be the women's prison. Ah. Uh, and it was a women's maximum until Diane Downs. Remember Diane Downs no. who, who killed her kids? Oh, she no, was there and she escaped. And so they were like, this isn't maximum security enough for maximum security. Right. That's that, then they started building coffee Creek. Mm. So, you know, they used to have just OSP and OSPM. And, um, so when they made it a, a minimum for dudes, it went from a maximum for women to a minimum for dudes. And it's still the nicest minimum in the state for dudes. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like college, bro. Like I'm saying like, they got like exercise bikes and all yeah. this stuff yeah. left over from the women, the Miss Pac-Man machine. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. They had a popcorn machine. That's like some shit out of the feds. You don't see that yeah. in the state. Yeah. No, you don't get treated like that anywhere else, but mm -hmm. also they were working, uh, they had, the drug treatment program. And then they had people that worked at the hospital, the mental laundry. hospital, right? No, the, the mental hospital people, uh, were, I forget if it was out of San Am or mill Creek. I did that shift for like a couple weeks. Uh, the OSH shift. Oh, I heard that's a nightmare. Oh dude, it's terrible. There. Like you see people like chewing on dog toys. Well, so like when I was there, they weren't letting anybody out of the, just the kitchen because I guess they had had some inmates that had, they had had some assaultive problems with inmates, mm. uh, and patients. So uh, they weren't letting anyone out of just the kitchen, but just the kitchen, bro. Like it was, it's a creepy ass place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and we had home. It was cool because it was really easy to get somebody to just come up and hand you a big package. Right. And then you could keister some shit back mm -hmm. into the institution. Uh, and I had a homeboy that was getting Bush visits. You know what I'm saying? There was like, <laughs> he had a way, he had a way out the, uh, the shipping where they would bring in all the shipments yeah. to the kitchen. And there are some bushes right over there. And he would have like, he had this big girl that he would just pound out in the bushes. <laughs> it's always a big girl. It's always, it is always a big who girl. Who else bro. would do a Bush visit? What other nice, I've, normal girl with romantic 
prospects would go fuck an inmate in the bushes. It's it's always a big girl, bro. Like I've I've seen a lot of people's bush visits, and that's it's one hundred percent facts, bro. Yeah, even if it's a black guy, uh, it could be a black panther. If he's getting a bush visit, it's a fat white bitch. Oh yeah, no, yeah, and I've only seen it. I've only seen it be. uh, Well, no, I did see one Hispanic chick that showed up for uh, one of the Southsiders, but she was a big girl too. Yeah, of course. Uh, But you know, um. So the, the, the hospital was terrible, but, mm-hmm. um, they actually had, uh, like, I think it was like an Aramark, uh, where they do all the laundry for a hospital. I think it was an Aramark factory where they had people at, at OSPM go to, and those dudes would find all sorts of shit in the laundry. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? That's how half of the needles at OSP would get into OSP, um, because they would find needles all the time and dudes would like hoop them in the ass before they'd go back to, to OSP because you could get $50 for a syringe. Of course. And then the tier is going to use that and share that until like, like literally it runs. Cause you know, once the needle doles, they, they take it on the pavement on the cell floor and they sharpen it back up with the cement and you can, people would use that. Like I saw a dude literally take a chicken bone and hollow out the marrow and use the, uh, the tape, the, the sticker mm. from uh deodorant. Yeah. And tape it on there after the needle was gone from it and tape a chicken bone on there and try to hit with that. So everybody's, everybody's either using it for tattoos or shooting up. No, no, just shooting up. Shooting bro. up. You just use guitar strings for, for tattoos. Right. Did you get tattooed in there? I got tattooed in there a lot. Yeah, bro. Like I got, um, how much did that cost? My homeboy, Matt Ashton did this whole leg. This is the only prison ink that I have that I haven't covered up. Uh, and not like covered up, but gotten redone on the streets mm-hmm. to darken it up and shit. Like I got a lot of this shit done when I was in there, but I've had it gone over because I wanted mm-hmm. it to be darker. Um, did you get tested for hep C when you got out and all yeah, that I've good been stuff? Tested for HIV. Hep C and HIV and all that shit. And you, I don't, you got to imagine those cats, a whole cell block sharing a needle. They're, they gotta be passing around dog. They are passing this shit around. And that's what, that's what they were using as weapons. When I left OSP was, um, people would get like a, an old syringe and they would have somebody who had HIV fill it up with blood and oh. they would run up on somebody and oh. you know what I'm saying? Like my little homeboy cotton, bro. He wasn't, he wasn't in Irish pride or anything, but, um, cotton was like a good dude. And he ran with us. He was like a hang around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he came in at like maybe 18, he, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, um, he was a youngster and he had a heart and I liked him, but he went and, uh, he, he really liked smoking weed as a lot of little youngsters do. Mm-hmm. And he, he got into debt with some black dudes and I think it was like 32 or $36 forget the exact amount. And they were going to stab him with an AIDS needle. They had an AIDS needle. They were showing it to people, telling people we're going to stab cotton with this. We're going to give wow. him AIDS for that $36. And I went up to him and I'm like, Hey, check it out. Look, I- I'm going to squash his debt with you guys. I'm going to pay you whatever he owes you. Don't ever do business with him again. If you ever do business with him again, we're going to wreck you. Yeah. Like my whole crew is going to wreck you. Like I, I threw weight on that, bro. I mm-hmm. don't like to throw weight as far as the gang thing around unless it was absolutely necessary. Yeah. But you talking about giving an 18, 19 year old kid AIDS over $36. Yeah. Fuck you and your whole fucking bloodline, bro. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, that's wild. It, it, it blew my mind. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's not happening. The cruelty but, of that. But it's scary though. But, but there it's... were other dudes that were absolutely getting stuck with AIDS needles. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. one dude, I remember in the canteen line, uh, one dude, cause you know, when you're out on the yard for canteen and mm-hmm. it's just a big group of people, yeah. everybody's standing around. I remember one dude screaming and going, what was that? What was that? And, uh, somebody had just stuck him, pushed some blood into him. Fuck. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you could do that. And like the CEOs, nobody even notices. Nobody notices. Jeez. Nobody knows. In fact, when he started going, what was that? What was that? A bunch of people were like, why are you yelling, bro? Why are you yeah. telling? Yeah. You know, you're snitching right now just by, by yelling because you're in pain. You know what bro. I'm saying? And it really is like that in there. God damn. So you were happy to get out of there. Uh, or did, did mean, you, did you part of you say, damn this? Cause it is a good place to bid. Like it was my favorite place that I did time yeah. like overall. And like, so I really liked OSPM, but like they, it was always like the cops were really petty and they felt like they were holding something over you. Like we'll send you back to OSP every mm -hmm. single time they said that. I said, run that shit dog. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cuff me up right now. Take me back there. Like, I don't even need to go back to my cell and put anything in my ass, bro. Take me yeah. back to OSP right now. How long did you do at OSP max or minimum OSP minimum? I was only there for like, I made it through four months of the drug program out of the six months. And they kicked me out because there, we found out one of the dudes in the drug program was a kitty diddler. He was a, a, you know, a playground commando, bro. He was a, he was a, a <laughs> kindergarten going. diaper sniper. And <laughs> my favorite one. <laughs> so this dude, uh, you know, we cornered him in the laundry room. Cause yeah, they, they actually let you do your own laundry there. We cornered him in the laundry room. Um, and you know, we told him, you know, you cannot fucking be anywhere around us. Mm -hmm. We don't want you near us. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't mess with you no more. And, and like one dude was really pissed off because he had been kicking it tough with the dude and the dude didn't tell him, you know, that, that he was a pee pee toucher. Yeah. And, uh, so it all came out in group the next day and like, they were like, who all, who all partook in this? And everybody, you know, raised their hand and I didn't, but I had, and, uh, they were like, so who saw him say this to him? Cause the dude threatened him and the dude got really scared. Just, oh, my friend threatened me. Cause he found out that I like kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't raise my hand at all. And they ended up kicking me out for that. Cause you because, wouldn't snitch. Cause like, bro, yeah. like I, I'm willing to take accountability for my own actions and stand up for my own stuff and, and all of that. But when it comes down to like chomos, bro, like, those aren't people and I don't got nothing for them. And I'm definitely not going to snitch to get time off. Yeah. Dog. Cause, you know cause what I'm how saying? much time would you have saved anyways? It doesn't even matter, bro. It yeah. doesn't even matter. Like, I mean, but I bet six, not that eight much. Months. Yeah. But if I really wanted to get, if I really was, was willing to be a snitch, bro, I didn't have to go to prison in the first place. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mm -hmm. could have figured it out at the very beginning of my sentence. You ain't going to break me when I'm down to, you know, my last, you know, 10 months, bro. Right. So eat so a bag of them. So where did you go after that? So they, when, when you're not in the drug program, you can't be at OSPM anymore unless you're working at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so they sent me directly to San EM, which is a good place. A good minimum, good minimum. Yeah. It was, it was a decent minimum. Um, I went there. And so one of my, one of my homeboys, uh, rest in peace, Lloyd Frock, uh, he, you know, he was Irish pride and he had been on the yard at OSP and he ran up a gambling debt and got shipped out. Um, and so, you know, when somebody's in your gang and they leave with the debt, you're their insurance. And I felt like he had run up like a, a hella big debt knowing that he was going to leave because he knew he was going to leave right. any day. So when I got to San EM, I, I said some sideways stuff to him. You know what I'm saying? And it's not that I was wrong. I paid dude's debt, but I was disrespectful about it. Mm -hmm. And this dude, you know, I'm much bigger than this dude. He hit me harder than anyone's ever hit me in my life, bro. Just right off rip. Like I didn't, even, you. I didn't even get the words out of my dick sucker. <sighs> and he fucking, he laid into me, bro. Like I almost went out. It's the closest I've ever been to being knocked out in my entire life, dog. Wow. He, he put he, you on your pockets? No, bro. He like, I was, I was all hands on my knees. Like, 
like this for a second. And then he started coming in for more. And uh, I caught myself and we went rounds. Um, you know how they've got, you know, the bunks at the back. Mm-hmm. We went for a full round around, mm-hmm. like it was a good two minute fight. Yeah. People think that fights, uh, people who've never fought think that fights last for more than a couple of minutes. A good fight lasts like two, two minutes is a good yeah. amount of time to then be fighting. Then you're both winded. And yeah. like at the end of it, we're like, we're both hands on our knees. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> you know, gassed out dog. Yeah. And he's like, you done? I'm like, yeah, you done? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. And you know, it was respect and he caught a black eye, but I, my whole face was lumped dog. Like you, you ever been hit so hard that like blood is seeping through the pores of your yeah. face, like instantly, Mm-mm. like he got me like that with uh. that first one. And, um, like my whole face turned purple. Like I don't bruise easily. I could get hit by a car and not bruise. So I was laying on my bunk, uh, trying to avoid the CEOs. Yeah. Holding a book up like this. So they wouldn't see me. And a CEO came up like it, it took, it took a couple hours to swell and darken Mm -hmm. and only got worse. And a CEO came up and they're like, um, yeah, about that. (laughs) And so the, the Sergeant called me and frock down at the same time. Right. And he's like, so it's funny that you two are in the same gang. And I'm like, allegedly, because I, I never let him, you know, yeah. they labeled me, but I never gave him any, you mm-hmm. know, confirmation. And he's like, uh, and you, you just showed up here and both of you seem to have really fucked up faces. And I was like, uh, you know, I went out on the basketball court and caught an elbow to the face. And he's like, and what about you frock? And he's like, same. And he's like, he's like, so that's really the story you're going to run with. And we're like, yep. And you know, he knew he's not stupid. He knew exactly what time it was. He's like, so are we done having basketball accidents? And we were like, yeah, everything should be good. I'm going to just stay off the basketball court. Uh, I apparently can't jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we ended up getting away with that. He stayed solid. I stayed solid. You know, it was, it was mad decent. He definitely got the better of me, yeah. but I did snicker the next day a little bit when he got called to a visit and I knew it was his girl. Cause like, he definitely had a black eye. Yeah. I called home immediately and I'm like, yeah, nobody come visit me yeah, for, like, I'm, I'm for up. like a month. You so know how what I'm long saying? did you do at San Am? Um, I was at San Am for, like a month until they shipped me to mill Creek. So you went to mill mill Creek is insane, bro, because they don't have a fence. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was thinking of when, when we were talking about Warner Creek earlier, I, yeah. I meant mill Creek. Yeah. Mill Creek yeah. is great. Cause they yeah. don't have a fence. Um, and the COs have been there forever. Like they're not petty. Yeah. They're really not dumb. Like the good COs, uh, for minimum all made it there because it's like one of the nicer places to work mm-hmm. at. I just went to a haunted house there on Halloween. Uh, this last year because they shut it down and they were going to turn it into an apartment complex. And then they found out that there is an Indian burial ground on it. So they can't uh, develop anything there because now it's like it's in litigation um, and they don't want them building over an Indian burial Mm -hmm. ground. Um, So they just have this prison that's abandoned that they shut down that they can't do anything with. So they're renting it out for parties and events. Interesting. Yeah. I really want to rent it out for like some YouTube content. Yeah. Dude, literally we should talk about that. Yeah. And um, you know, maybe get, maybe get a couple other people in there for that. It's also certified haunted. I don't know if you know that, but um, they've had paranormal experts certify it as being haunted. Not only is it built on an Indian burial ground, but um, there was a boys school there, 
uh, like a, a boys boarding school Uh-oh. and like multiple kids died <laughs> on that property. And so there's like supposed to be spirits. I, I never seen nothing. Probably got diaper sniped. Let's be yeah. honest. Like Back I never, in the day, I never seen nothing when I was there. Like the worst thing that <laughs> happened to me when I was there, um, I, I did to myself, uh, you know, smuggling. So, so where did you go from mill? How did you actually, how did you end up paroling and how much time did you do? Did you do your full stretch? So I did day for day, 39 yep. months. Like yep. I did every single day of my sentence. Which is I had good time sp- and earned time. And I threw every piece of that away yep. uh, I, because I was dumb. I, I went, I went about it wrong, but um, I ended up getting wrapped up out of Mill Creek for um, an investigation for attempting to incite a riot at Mill Creek at the smallest and most <laughs> minimum custody security yeah. in the state. Um, and they shipped me back to San A.M. and I graduated from San A.M. Mm, um, paroled and, out of there. Yeah. And I was still under investigation. And then the, the, the CEO who let me out uh, told me, you'll be right back. And when you do, we're going to we're going to take you straight to the hole since you're under investigation. I'm sure the investigation will be up by then. And you know, we're going to leave a light on for you delay. Mm. And I was like, eat a bag of funky discolored dicks, bro. <laughs> like, and like, I haven't been back. So I got out in, in 2010, I came really close, but yeah. I evaded to Florida. Right. We'll talk about that on the Patreon, but, uh, I just want to say, dude, your content is so entertaining. You pop up on my YouTube shorts feed more than anybody, more than Tucker Carlson, more than anybody else that's in that feed. Uh, it's JD delay. So please plug away, man. Go. If you don't know about him already, which many of my fans already, I'm sure love you, uh, plug, plug what you got. So, um, I'm JD delay on YouTube, the TikTok. I have JD delay 5150 and JD delay 1017 because TikTok likes to ban me and I keep winning and getting my accounts back. But sometimes I talk about killing chomos <laughs> and they like to ban me for indeterminate amounts of time. I've had multiple accounts banned and, um, I got my 1.1 million account banned, uh, just recently for a month. And I like cyber harassed and stalked them to the point where they gave me my account back. Um, I'm also on Facebook, uh, JD delay, ba- basically everything's JD delay Spotify. If you want to check out my music, I'm on Spotify. Oh, nice. Yeah. There you go. I have the wood chipper anthem, which is, uh, you know, about throwing chomos into wood chippers. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a family song. Let's do it with your kids. You've built an entire brand around this. It's so yeah, funny. Well, dude. It, you know, it was a part of my story as a kid right. and everything. So it did definitely send my life down a, a determined path right. to a certain extent. Great merch too. Yeah. Um, convictclothing.net. If you want to check out uh, any of my merch, I have a clothing line. We do some hats. We do some shirts. Some of them are not super social media friendly, yeah. but we are sort uh, starting to close those out. I've always been a big fan of limited runs so yeah. that people can have stuff that's unique yep. and everybody's not wearing the same thing. And we're just right at the tail end of, of closing out all our old stuff and bringing in a new line um, of my merch. So that's convictclothing.net. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, what a great time we had, huh? Oh, bro, I love it. I love it. Let's do this again. You. Let's go make some prison content, dude. We should rent a prison. Yeah, I'm trying to do that to film my stand-up comedy special. Oh, dude, How that banging would, be amazing. would that be? Right? That would be amazing. I hit up the OS Oregon prison system, and they they weren't fucking with me. So they don't want to let you year. in. They don't want to let me in. They think I'm going to make a mockery of them, which uh, is like obviously, yeah, right. you know. But now that I know that Mill Creek is closed, shit, that could be a lead. 
You Mill, know, Mill Creek is closed, and um, you know, if if we wanted to rent it out and do a multi-purpose thing, bro, I we can go halvesies on it. That'd be amazing. I'd yeah. love that. Let's talk, bro. All Let's right. talk. JD, you killed it, bro. This was so fun. Thank you for Thanks, having me, man. brother. Appreciate it. And uh, switch over to Patreon for more content with JD. Patreon.com/slash The Connect Show. Thanks very much, everyone. Big shout out to Brian. Yes, sir.